4: It's the best bits of the week with Morgan. Part two. Just the bits.
1: Happy New Year. Yeah, that feels weird to say, guys. I cannot believe we are about to enter into 2024. Ooh, this year has flown, 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 flown by. And I don't know if you guys are feeling that or you're like, dang, it's creeping. I'm ready for the new year. However you feel, I hope you're getting to celebrate in the way that you would like to. This weekend, we are sharing this week the best bits of the year. So best bits of 2023. Now, we've had some incredible moments. I mean, talk about some honorable mentions. Eddie and Abby going skydiving with the Army Golden Knights. Amy getting ear surgery in the studio. There was a lot of wild moments, but these ones that I'm bringing up here, I pulled from our website, our social media, all of the digital things, and found the biggest numbers for these stories. These are the biggest social engagement bits for us in the past year. And that's why they made the top seven. So we're about to find out together what were the best bits of Bobby Bone Show 2023. Woohoo! The Bachelor Bachelorette fans showed out in full fashion for this one. We had Jordan Rodgers on for the first time. He talked all about his time on The Bachelorette and obviously doing sports thing, everything he's doing now. It was a really cool interview and you guys loved it. Particularly loved him talking about his time on The Bachelorette. So that's why it's coming in at this number seven spot. It happened in July of this year. So here's the interview with Jordan Rogers.
4: Number seven. It's a Bobby Bones show interview. In case you didn't know,
5: his name is Jordan Rogers. First of all, he won the Bachelorette way back in the day, 2016, and they're still together, they were married. Look at this. Congratulations. I mean, everybody knows. Uh, Secondly, he has a show called The Big D. It airs Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on USA Network. It streams the next day on Peacock. And so it's a committed relationship show. He also was a quarterback at Vanderbilt. He was real good. He signed a contract to play with the Jags, the Bucks, the Dolphins, uh, NFL. There's a lot here. Let's talk to him now. Here he is, Jordan Rogers,
6: On the Bobby Bones Show now.
5: Jordan Rogers. Jordan, do you sing at all?
6: Oh, that's like uh, you sing well. No, I don't. I sing passionately. I like that. Like yeah. church
5: would say, make a joyful noise. You do that. But I you feel don't like sing I well.
6: can I can sing like a good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Really, like you give me Aladdin soundtrack, I'll nail it.
5: But the, not, you never wanted to be a country singer or any kind of singer at all? No. no. I asked that because he's an athlete, he's good looking, he's talented. All those guys end up coming over here. Oh, yeah. Like Sam, we Chase, they're all like superstars. That is true.
6: I didn't get that. And I thought gee. maybe
5: Jordan's going to come in and announce his country music <laughs> career today.
6: No, look, I wanted to play drums in high school, so I got a drum set and I sucked. Never did it. Mute, no music at all? Well, you know, I was a, uh, I found my way in as a... Extra in an acapella group in Pitch Perfect 2.
5: I saw that. So yeah.
6: technically, if you want to say, <laughs> I have sung on a number one soundtrack on mm-hmm. iTunes. I like to throw that one in there. Just He's to... got a
5: number one record. Here All he is. Right. There, we go. Yeah, thank thank you. You. there
6: he is. Thank, thank you. you.
5: I want to talk about your show, uh, The Big D, because very interesting, because you're taking divorce <laughs> couples and putting them together. Yes. And then it's like, it's Ooh. like divorced couples but also Temptation Island at the same time because they can also get with other people too.
6: It's all the islands of reality TV mixed together. How did they come
5: to you about this show?
6: So we got pitched the idea and our first reaction, me and JoJo, because at the time when we filmed, we were still engaged, about to get married. We're like, we're not divorced. We've never been divorced. (laughs) We're about to get married. Are you sure we're the right ones? Um, And as we kind of dove into their plan for the show, because we've done a few reality shows, I actually was really attracted to... The craziness of it—we're reality TV show junkies. We love them all. So the the, the train wreck of what you would expect when you move in a bunch of divorced couples into a villa. Um, But we have a relationship coach there, and really the focus is kind of on closing a chapter, a chapter, finding healing, dating again, getting to a place where you can have a healthy relationship with your ex, or a place where you're like, wait, maybe we ended this a little too soon. So we're the ones that are like, hey, this is a crazy TV show, but we fell in love on TV. I know it's weird, but it can work. So. That was kind of how it happened. We're like, yeah, we'll do it. Like, And it's really, it was a really, really fun show. It's starting to get really good now. We're about halfway through the season. It's on Peacock. Obviously, streaming if you need to catch up. It's on USA Network every Wednesday night. But it's wild. Wednesday
5: night's at 9, so it was on last night. But you can also stream it on Peacock today. Uh, Amy's recently divorced. Any chance season oh. two... <laughs>
7: Like, why was I sitting here thinking like, oh, I'm about to get called out for this? Well, no, it's not Does like that sound out?
6: like the worst thing? Like in your mind when you heard there's like, I would never do that.
7: No, I mean, I instantly went to okay. Wow, what if some of these couples don't have access to a, a therapist or a coach yeah. and signing up for something like this? Are you the therapist on the Like show?
6: a no, but okay. I will say a couple <laughs> times I kind of had to be right. Yeah, got it. Like I'm not this licensed.
7: <laughs> like a hail mary for them, and they have tools and resources, but of course, drama as well. Uh, but season two for me, no.
6: You gonna say no on that?
7: Well. No, cuz you have to be almost divorced, right? Or you're totally divorced. Totally
6: divorced. No, legally oh, then you divorced. Come back. Yes. So got- But you but you're right like the interesting part was seeing some of these couples and we did the whole like they walked up on the beach to meet each other the first time, right? And do they know that they're
5: going to see their divorced person? I think
6: so. Okay, yeah, okay, I think they it. knew that they were doing the show. Um we get into it some, we add divorce couples because we bring singles in. They didn't know their ex was maybe going to come in. So the first group Yeah, that's knew. what I'm saying. Oh, uh, got The it, second got it, got it. group did not know that their ex was going to show up. But what I love is a couple of the singles divorcees showed up and they were like, I want nothing to do with you. We're good. But like, I'm single. I'm ready to date. And then you start to see that little bickering and they realize that, wait, 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 like. Why did we divorce? Like, that wasn't that big of a deal. We just didn't know how to talk through this issue. Or one of the couples, one of my favorites, Devin and Alexa, were divorced for years. And their mom was really heavily involved, too, probably too involved in their relationship. And they start to talk that through and realize we weren't really the issue. It was kind of the outside noise that got to our relationship. And they're starting to figure out maybe it's not over yet. So you're saying that there's
5: a chance that some people get back together? There's a chance. There's a chance. Yeah. Yep.
7: Wow. And they've been divorced for years. Years. Did some of them have kids? Yes. Wow. Amy. That's cool. You get some
5: of your stuff back.
6: Yeah. (laughs) Half of it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The other half. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah.
7: I did lose half. Uh, So, um, you know, it makes me think too, like as a kid, I come from a divorced home and- what if your parents went on this show? I, well, yes. That would be weird, right? If you're like
5: fourteen and your parents are
7: Right. Like I would be mortified, but yeah. at the same time, like that's all we ever wanted. Like me and my sister, when we were little, we'd just be like, Oh my god, it'd be so cool if like mom and dad got back together and like how cool if that this helps someone make that happen.
6: No doubt. And I'm just, you know, maybe a little teaser, but it's happening mm-hmm. right now. If you're if you're looking into watching, tune in because There is love brewing with a rekindled relationship.
7: You know what else this makes me think of? People watching. And so if they're watching couples on TV be able to come back together and work, like they may not even have to go on this show to have that happen. It may make them be like, maybe I should, like, maybe we could book a counseling session or let's go to therapy or like, maybe we need to revisit this.
5: Yeah, you're acting like people watching USA reality TV is going to make a really wise decision about counseling.
7: Well, okay, or calling their, yeah, I just, like or it makes yeah, them think may, like, like, oh, it. we fought over something silly like, like that. It. And I do that. Me
6: and know? JoJo sit and watch reality TV and we're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, but absolutely. do you ever go, we should really go with a therapist after you're watching.
5: <laughs> I say that, but in a, I mean, listen.
7: Well, I mean, it might, I'm just saying it might rekindle other I people. like, it. like it's positive attitude. And they don't have to go on the show.
6: Amen. I think most of the time yeah. we sit there and go, yeah, we're not that bad. Exactly. Yeah. That's why <laughs> I watch it, to go like, I'll
5: never do that. Or I'd be so much better at that than them. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... the while we watch reality TV. Totally. Yeah. Um, so, a, a, so by the way, everybody, it's Wednesdays at 9 central on USA Network. Um, streams on Peacock. The episode from last night is up today. Let me ask you about this because you went to Costa Rica and I just want to compare because I'm about to be really irritated. I did a show for USA. We went to Costa Rica. We lived there for six weeks and it was in the middle of COVID. We lived in a terrible hotel. We had to live with all the crew. It was awful. It was Mike D went. We did the radio show from there every day. Awful. Please tell me your experience was awful. Yes. Okay, good. All right, we're good. We'll move All on. Right. Now we're about to get real was, upset. Yeah,
6: we're, we were excited too, but it was still COVID. It was 2021, 20 yeah. late 21. So we we were locked in the hotel and we weren't in the hotel. We were at the kind of like house across from the cast house mm-hmm. where we kind of had the setup and we couldn't do much. So it wasn't really super much. fun because- it was. You, it you was kind. You, you were kind of miserable. A little bit. Thank you. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah.
5: yeah. <laughs> Makes me feel good that he was also kind of miserable. Uh, but, but
6: also because we were so confined, Dr. Jada, the relationship coach on the show, we got so we got our therapy. We got like a, we got every single day. If she decided to send me a bill for that, I probably couldn't afford. So it So
5: you guys utilized her because she was there too. Yeah, we're That's just awesome. in the green room awesome.
6: talking, and we're like, hey, we're about to get married, you know? Like, uh, and JoJo would be like, hey, so Jordan, he um, he's not a good communicator. <laughs> What? (laughs)
5: Costa Rica's awesome,
6: though. It is. The people
5: are so nice, and I haven't spent a lot of time in South America, and we flew down, and there were people on the streets with machine guns, and it scared me at first because I thought, what's going to happen here? I realized, first of all, they don't have a military in Costa Rica. They're a friendly country, no military, but they're just trying to stop cars coming through running drugs.
6: They're not trying to stop us. If I remember are, seeing the trucks, like in the yeah. back of the pickups, and the guys, and I'm like, "Whoa!"
5: And I'm like, "What's about to happen here?" <laughs> but it was really because people were driving from, you know, Panama, going up through Costa Rica, and they were just trying to catch, stop those cars that were running drugs. Hmm. Which the people were so nice. I just remember my we stayed at a what what hotel? Hilton Garden, Hilton Garden Inn by the airport. Oh wow! Not really what you want to do in yeah. Costa Rica because it's not the experience that you really are told about.
4: <laughs> What's their saying like? Oh, Pure vida. Vendo.
5: Pura, oh, vida. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Pura as, vida. As a really white guy from Arkansas says, Pura Vida. <laughs> yes, Pura Vida. You guys watch uh, The Big D, which, by the way, when they tell you that's the name of the show, you giggled a little bit, right? I did, Okay, yeah. Just yeah. making sure.
7: Well, well I, I honestly had not heard of it yet, and when you sat down, Bobby's like, so, you're hosting The Big D, and I was like, I didn't know it was well, I was the, like, what show is this? The
6: best was, if I can have a 10-second story, the best was we did an Instagram Live kind of promoting the show a few weeks ago. And you know when someone pops up in your thread and they want to join, and so a name pops up, Doctor Jada wants to join. We're like, hey, we're talking about the show. Yeah, let's bring her in. Brought her in, and it was a naked dude that had hijacked our Instagram live and was dancing, everything right in front of the camera. So great built-in marketing for the so big D. So was
5: the big D or the little D jumping in?
6: It was, the marketing was on point.
5: Was it the little? Oh, the wow. The big
6: D was. Oh, I was the big D. Oh, yep. oh okay. was, USA probably set that up. <laughs> and, and we learned a lot about our relationship because I froze and Joe was like, oh, oh wait, how do I get this off? How do I get this off?
7: <laughs> so people that are on a live when it gets, you know, flashed like that, mm-hmm. I guess, what do you call it? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Anyone watching, just they all see like, so if yes. there's like kids on there, yes. or
6: okay. that is, and we found out crazy. this person is like a serial, does this, and so like, makes fake names and then, somehow. Don't know how he does it,
5: or did he create a fake I, account that's almost
6: like Dr. Jada? I think that's what he does, and we're just in the moment, see it, all you mm. see is like the name, like, oh yeah, bring her in.
5: It <laughs> said Dr. Jada, definitely, n- parentheses, definitely that not a guy's not wiener, Dr. and he's like, Jada. all right, I'm clicking yeah. that one. Um, so you have like the greatest job because you get to do shows like this but you also get to work for ESPN. Yeah. And you get to, I I was watching, I watch all of them and I was watching you fly in once and I guess you guys had a sponsorship with
6: Wheels up. Yeah. yeah.
5: And it was like, and now flying in, were you really on the plane they were filming or are they just filming that? No, yeah, they're but, like, here's
6: Jordan flying in on a wheel. And they're showing the plane land. Sometimes not, but you're talking about at Arkansas, right? Probably. Yeah. So in Arkansas, the tightest turnaround I've ever had, because we finished our show at noon, I had a 345, 330 kick, something in Arkansas. I landed at like 247. And where you land is, I can see the stadium. Right. So that one, they actually were filming the plane because they were like, is he going to make it? Like, I had to like, quick change in the plane and go straight to the stadium, straight to the field. And we kicked.
5: How is that going into a game with all the knowledge you need to have about that week's game versus all the knowledge you need to have while you're playing a game?
6: Very similar. Uh, not quite. Right. It was a lot more pressure when you're getting hit. But I will say the thing I like about calling games on TV is that to me, I kind of get a little bit of that rush again because I'm prepping for all this stuff. and I don't know what's going to happen. So I kind of get to re react as things happen. There's an anticipation for me. But I appreciate that I don't wake up on Sunday with, you know, in pain and uh, getting hit every day when I make a mistake. So I make a lot of mistakes on TV, and people just hit me on Twitter, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, I
5: was going to ask you: Have you had any <laughs> clips go viral
6: oh, where come on. you have
5: said something dumb? Yes, because I have a 10 million. But I wonder, do you and are, do they still live? And what's your, what's the one you're most embarrassed about? Yeah,
6: one is still making the rounds from last year. So we did a South Carolina game in Columbia, and they had at the same time they had the state fair right there, literally almost outside the stadium, and so kind of the whole show or the whole game, our, uh, our truck is kind of doing cutaways of the carnivals and the food and everything. And they're doing like a pan of these giant corn dogs and <laughs> kind of in a, uh, I thought I was being funny, but I don't think it landed that. I was like, Oh, talk to me. Dirty corn dog in that voice too. <laughs> what were you thinking? Kind of not remembering I'm on ESPN. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? So that one lives forever, but also we ended up running food up to the booth and on our little peep cam in the, uh, in the booth, I have just a giant foot long corn dog. And let me tell you, there's no graceful way to go at that first bite.
5: Yeah, it's tough. Anything I've learned So that too. lives
6: on the internet forever as well.
5: <laughs> if you open your mouth real wide for anything that's a bit phallic, they can it, I did. They can Photoshop anything in.
6: I did. Yeah. So now they meshed together the right. talk to me dirty corn dog yeah. and then that shot and... <laughs> There you go. That'll live forever. People don't forget.
5: What's the preparation like before you do a game? What are you actually learning other than the players' names?
6: Um, Well, so I'm just a a junkie for football. I love it. So in talking to coaches, they don't give you much, right? They they give you a little bit. So I like to just watch games. I, I kind of understand the concepts that maybe a team will want to run, what they're good at. And then I understand the defense as well. So in my mind, I'm trying to prepare like a coach. Arkansas is good at this. What is this defense going to run to stop that? And then so in the game, I kind of want to show that to fans like, here's what this defense is going to have to do to stop KJ Jefferson on this play, this type of play. Whether they're doing it or not, I'm going to tee that up and then let the game kind of take over. So I treat it like I'm a coach because I that's what I'm used to. I'm used to prepping like that. So it is a lot of, you got to make sure you know everybody's name because someone's mom and dad are watching and if they get a catch, you know they want to make sure you say their name and have a little something about them. So that's part of it. But also I like my job on TV. I hope I teach a little bit of football. I don't want to talk like a, like a PhD, but I want to teach a little bit of football so people that are watching kind of go, oh, that's why they did that or oh, that's what that's called.
5: When you're quarterback at a division one school like Vanderbilt in the SEC and you're just walking around campus, Is life awesome? Because I just got to imagine. Well. It'd be, I mean, when you are the quarterback and you look like you do, and it was, I would just imagine life's like the greatest.
6: Well, you've been in Nashville for a while, right? I have, but But still. Vandy's not, hasn't been great. So I will say other schools, may have been cooler. It was still, I mean, yeah, you, we, we did well when I was at Vandy. So it was fun, but I will say it's academics and sports. At least it was back then. So, um. So yeah, but it, it's not like Alabama walking around as the quarterback, you know, Bama Banks and all.
5: When you went to Vandy, so you went to junior college before yeah. Vandy. When you were deciding on where to go, did you have other offers like Division yeah, I did. one? Offer? Why did you pick Vanderbilt?
6: So I picked Vandy because they were really bad, and I was like, I want to go to a bad team in the <laughs> SEC. Um, no, you know, I was I had aspirations to want to play in the NFL, and I was like, where can I go? that i can show that i can play at that level like I, I had other offers to go play in other conferences and i was like i want to go play against the best because even if we're a bad team but i show that like i can play against sec defenses i can have some success then i think that'll give me the best opportunity to play at the next level so and then nashville i visited and nashville wasn't bad so i was like this would be fun i would lived at home in junior college so i was ready to get out where did you almost go uh, so Washington was on the table late, um, and then a smaller schools like Western Kentucky was on the table, and there was a couple others um, MAC schools that were there that had good opportunities. I will say Vandy wasn't the best opportunity because they had a starting quarterback, um, but I was like,
5: "Yeah, we'll see." But if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you have like didn't you have a winning record at Vandy? When you were here? Yeah, we won You're nine like games. Right.
6: Nine games for the first time in ninety-seven years at Vandy when we were there. So it was, uh, it was fun. It was. We got a chance to do something. He's also
5: winning. He's the quarterback. He, they're winning. You just like have it. So why in the world? And I say this is somebody who's done it as well. So I ask you this in the most uh, complimentary way: Why would you go on The Bachelorette? It's a great question. Because you, your life is just going in a great. It looks like it's all happening for you. Why would you do that? I,
6: it was the most, I'm very spontaneous. It was honestly the most spur of the moment decision I've ever made. Um, and I, ne- I wasn't someone that watched the show. I'd never watched. I knew what it was obviously. Cause I dated people that, Oh, Hey, the Bachelorette on cool. Um, but I literally got a call from a producer. Oh, here's how it is actually a, a good story. They start filming like in the middle of March, end of February, I get a call from my agent, my sports agent. Cause I was doing radio at the time. Hadn't been doing TV yet. She's like, Hey, Fox is doing a dating show. They kind of want an ex athlete. Would you be interested? I'm like, maybe I'm single. L- give me some information. A couple weeks later, or a week later, my agent calls. Yeah, they went with someone else. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. A producer on that show was married to a producer on The Bachelorette. So they passed my name along. I got a call from a guy named Bennett, who's one of the e- executive producers on The Bachelor. And he's like, hey, have you ever heard of the show? Yeah. He's like, well, are you single? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, I got a pretty cool girl. Um, You could come and it could be fun for a couple weeks. And at the worst, you get to travel a little bit and have fun. I'm like, all right. Sounds fun. Like I'll do it. So I didn't go through any of the casting. The they fly fifty five guys out in January, cut it down to twenty five. I was a part of no of that. None of that. I said a week before we started filming. Sure, I'll show up. And then you get there, and there are all these other dudes. Because I mean, even if you
5: don't know the show, you then learn the show kind of totally, kind of quick. Yeah. Because I'd, I'd never when I did dance, with the Stars, I never watched the show except for like little clips. But then I tried to st- even study it. Right. Yeah. So, but you get there, and do you strategize? And also, are they intimidated by you? Because, again, you're just freaking starting quarterback at Vanderbilt. I would have been intimidated. I
6: will say, it, the intimidating part is you walk into the mansion night one, right? And I was actually one of the last limos. Even though on the show, I'm the first one to step out, I was in the last limo. So everybody was already there when I showed up. I was one of the very last ones. You walk in, you look around, and you go a bunch of good looking dudes, you know what I mean? And, um, so the it's strategy I feel in this room every day with all you guys, yeah. that's how I <laughs> nice. feel every day. Yeah, Thank go you. ahead. I think, I think the strategy I started to, I wasn't like strategizing, but I started to notice that everyone was like panicking for time and attention. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to be the one that kind of just sits back and just waits. And I found that if I waited, especially in these big group environments for the last opportunity to talk to her, I got the most time. Cause it was kind of, they weren't trying to f- make sure everyone had time. So I would kind of just sit around and wait. But also JoJo got pissed because she's like, this guy doesn't even like me. He doesn't even want to spend time with me. He doesn't even care. He's not He's not. You know, coming to find me and I'm just like, hey, I'll wait. I'll sit and wait my turn. But it actually ended up working pretty well. So I'd say that was kind of the strategy that I had. Is just like, don't be overeager because I think it come to, came off like kind of bad.
5: What's been cool about your career is I don't even think about you as being a bachelorette person. I mean, and everybody, you kind of assigned to something. But you've been able to do so many things. Successfully, it's like some of these artists that come in that, that have blown up on TikTok, but then they've really launched a career outside of that to show yeah. that they are. Re- like I don't really think you as the Bachelorette. Do. I appreciate that you're in the minority. Really? Well, you know. I guess I, I mean, I guess I watch a lot of sports, so I guess I just yeah. see so but most people know you as that? I think so, still. Yeah. That's
7: how. I'm big, big yeah. D guy. I'm a yeah. big D I mean, guy. <laughs>
5: I'm so like, there's I Jordan for the big D when I see him. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. No,
7: but I mean, I don't think it's bad. Oh, I, I don't I, just to, I don't know that you're, but you seem to have like some that we, we know of. It's like they don't, they're holding on tight to it. You know, like they right. need it. Like they're like, oh, this is like my last like claim to fame, even though they were on it years ago and they right. haven't really done much. Else? So but I don't know. I see you so you're as he's like, the
5: only one with talent ever on the show. I agree. No, I'm not saying <laughs> no. that at oh, all. Oh, 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 oh. I oh. think there's yeah, yeah.
7: women and men that have been a yeah. part of it that have like, they're clearly talented outside of just trying to get on there. And you didn't even have to fill out an application. Like you didn't even, they sought you out. What percentage they
5: of did the STD test on you though? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. You're. He's t- like. Everything. I didn't even
6: do the STD test. Everything. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, wait. Actually, I, maybe I should watch this show. What am I doing? What, what am I signing up for?
7: Well, what percentage of the guys there? Like, I'm thinking, if I'm a guy that filled out an application, like, really wanted to be there, and I find out this guy comes in last minute, and but they I don't just... think
5: you talk about applications. When yeah, you're there. I don't think they knew that. Yeah. How many pages you fill in your application, John? Ah, <laughs> uh, it's three. What about you? None. I don't think that conversation happens. I
7: know it probably doesn't. Did they find out now that you were brought in last minute by a? Well, obviously this story's out there, but you know what I mean. Like that would. Be, yeah, I don't
5: know like, that guys. I don't
6: know we'd care.
7: Oh, well, I would think they would be favoring you because they're like, oh, we got so this guy. I just
6: and... always think how crazy that is, right? I mean, she, like, it's my wife now, yeah. right? I mean, that's it's it's weird. Like every now and then, we'll just be sitting and go watching a show. We're like, we like th- we mm-hmm. met doing something like this. Like, cool. how dumb is that? Can you <laughs> like, see
5: when people come up to you? I can, and I can always tell if it's somebody who listens to the radio show or watched American Idol or dance. This is an age, yes. and demographic. For whom can you tell when they're coming up? What they know you from?
6: One hundred percent. Yeah, and it's mostly. It's interesting because the 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 guy. It's it's interesting to watch the like the thirty forty year old man that his wife like is not with him, but he's like, oh, uh, hey, uh, my my my, can I get a picture for my wife? And it's really funny. But there's a definitely a demographic. Like, and when I'm traveling for football, it's still about ninety percent of people that are like. I saw you on the Bachelorette. That's crazy. It's still that. Yeah. Well, and they're like, oh, well, you know, I see you on football too, but you know, I died like I know you from the Bachelorette. I'm like, that's awesome.
5: What's been the key because you guys were both public, you still are both public, but what's been the key to having a successful relationship and then marriage when everything is public and what to keep private? Like what have you guys prioritized?
6: That's the hard that was the hardest part. I mean, we were we were very open that our first year was bad. Like we just you know, you come off a show and what people don't realize about that show is you are never not on camera. Like you don't get any conversations that aren't like on camera. So you have to make sure you're authentic. But I think we never had to go through adversity on a reality show. We never had to get back to real life and have a bad day and then figure out how to have like a conversation after that. So our first year, we just didn't know how to communicate. So we would be in an argument and we're speaking different languages and it would just escalate, escalate, escalate. And then we'd just be like, well, okay. Let's move on. Forget about that. And and try to go look like we're happy because you're in a spotlight where everyone's expecting you to be happy all the time and have this amazing relationship. So there was a lot of pressure to go like, Hey, we're working through a lot of stuff, but we need to like, like look happy. Right. Cause like we, we don't want to let people down. Like there was a weird pressure about that. So I think we got to a point about a year in where we're like, F this, like, we either got to do this because we want to be together and not that we were staying together because of anything, but it's just like, we got to actually work at this. Like, it's not just going to be brushing stuff under the rug. We got to lean in, work at this relationship or I love you. You love me. It's just not going to work. And so we kind of chose the first path and said, okay, this is, it's going to take work. It's going to take a realization that, um, we're not perfect and that we have a lot of issues that we just need to like address head on instead of going, Hey, we're happy. Hey, photo op. Cool. Um, so that was kind of how we, we did it. We were like, Hey, we're going to be more open about the fact that it's not easy and it's not all rainbows and butterflies after reality show. It's actually very hard. You're in a spotlight. You're not prepared for it. So I think just the, the realization internally, then also just not being afraid to say that was big.
5: Hard for me. And I, my wife is a very private person, but it was hard for us to, I've been married two years, never been married before, never been engaged. So it's, it's, it is work. I never understood when people said it is work to be married for me, it's work to remember to put someone at least equal, if not more than myself. Like it's to, because yeah. I've been so, and I'll just use the word selfish because I've just been a self, I've been the sun in the solar system, my own solar system. Right. It is such a shift to not be it anymore. It's worth it, but sometimes it is work for me to have to have that understanding of your life is different. We don't have kids yet. You yeah. guys. You guys no. and, and I imagine that happens again once kids come out, but it's been hard, but in the best way, in the yeah. same way, like- he sees, you can't see him now with a big sweatshirt on him, but I have huge biceps, right? Then those those curls, you know, they were hard to do, but those muscles got big, but I never really understood the work part of it until I actually got married. And I can imagine when you're both coming off of something so public, there is that pressure to not show that it's hard.
6: No doubt. And because I mean, when you write, when you come off the show, we're not that cool anymore. Like people come up when we're traveling and say hi, but like there's paparazzi and stuff that first like year like, outside of our house. And so, like, if I was taking the trash out and I looked like, you know, like, like that, like, <laughs> there'd be an article. We're in the grocery store, walking out of the grocery store. It was just, it was crazy. That's crazy. So we we felt like we were putting out a facade that wasn't an accurate representation of the struggles we were still going through. Where do you, know, you
5: guys live? What town? What city?
6: Uh We actually live in Puerto Rico right now. So we live in Dorado Beach.
5: Really? That's yeah. why you relate to Arkansas, bro. That's a long way. He didn't know how far. <laughs> yeah. He missed his flight. He missed his connector. So you live a in- how yeah.
6: does that work? Uh, it's great. We, we were in Dallas, and in the middle of COVID, kind of a lot of our friend group had moved away, and I traveled during football. She has family down in Puerto Rico, so I was like, let's just go rent a place month to month. At worst, you're near family. We'll have to travel a ton, and it's a little We can be outdoors Our more. family's where again? In, in Puerto Rico. Got yeah. yeah. Two, oh, both of our brothers lived down that there. That makes sense. Yeah, and so we moved down there, and we loved it. And we're like, hey, until we have some kids and we want to settle down, like it's going to be a good spot, but we'll end up here in Nashville at some point. Um, we have some land here, so we'd like to build a house here eventually and uh, and, and kind of put our roots here.
5: That's pretty cool. I was just thinking, uh, like I, when we moved, I wanted to live somewhat closest to the airport because I travel so much. But you travel to a lot of these southeastern not counts. easy to get to. Yeah, and like he's he's going to Columbia, South Carolina from Puerto Rico. Yeah. There are no Southwest boys. <laughs> nope. I don't know if you're familiar with how that works.
6: So it, you know it makes it makes the travel during football season a little bit longer. But again, I'd like I can't complain. Like football season is five months, and the rest of the year we do a lot of other projects, but it's not as travel intensive, and we're together. Twenty-four-seven. Most of the time, we do a lot of work together. So, remove my bias. So, don't answer this question for me. Who Uh-oh. is your favorite head coach
5: SEC to hang out with? Not best coach, not. But like, if you were going to go to dinner and they were like, "Hey, pick any coach, you guys to just go hang out for an hour." Who would it be?
6: Ooh, uh, it would probably be. Uh, rest in peace, peace, Mike Leach. Like Mike was one of the best to be around. Like just because it was, you never knew where the conversation was going to go. Um, but I'd probably say. Beamer's pretty fun. Shane Beamer, South Carolina, is pretty fun. Just he's quirky and he's he's got a great personality. Lane's pretty fun as well.
5: I think Lane You gotta
6: you gotta peel back the layers of Lane though. You know what I mean? You gotta get him comfortable and then he then he starts to open up a little bit. What is Nick Saban like in person? Nick's great in person, but he's just like there's there's like a there's an aura around him. Like there's a it's he's the goat. So he's great in person, but he is very he's business. He's got a cup of coffee, wants to answer talk football, and then you're good. Well, I will say, okay, Sam. Sam is one of my favorite coaches as well. Just to Sam Pittman at Arkansas. Yeah, Sam Pittman. My just uncle. to he's <laughs> yeah. the he would be the best to go get a beer with, no doubt. Actually, now that I think about it, totally. Sam's a man.
5: Lot of money, a lot of pressure to be a head coach, in the, in, especially in the SEC. Which of these coaches are who is the most hands-on mm. as far as they're in these meetings, offensively or defensively? And who's a CEO? The best CEO? Like, give me the because Mac Brown was an excellent CEO right. type of Texas. Like, he knew how to run that program. Last time Texas has been really good. Yeah. And so, but he was very much that CEO type guy. Give me both of those. Like, who's great at CEOing and and who's great at being hands on and really getting uh, like granular with the team?
6: I think Brian Kelly's a really really good CEO. I mean, he's done it for a really long time at LSU. Yeah, at LSU. Um, and he's hired good staff around him. So he is definitely a guy that you just sit and you realize he has the 30,000-foot view for everything in his program. And he, he's willing to get down in the nitty-gritty when he needs to, but he is the guy that that tells the ship which direction they're going and makes sure it's going in that direction at every level. So he's a definitely a CEO type. Um, as far as a more X's and O's guy. And maybe
5: it's somebody who even calls
6: plays still offensive. You yeah. know, like
5: it's an offensive guy who still calls plays. Yeah,
6: Josh Heupel is a guy that um, he is – becoming more of a CEO because I think he's realizing what that takes at Tennessee but he's still a like he just wants to talk offensive ball and um, so he's a fun one to sit down with because you know he lives and breathes offense and he just loves it and that's all he wants to to do and if he could just call plays he'd probably just call plays just so happens he's a great head coach and he's got other responsibilities
5: my wife's a massive Oklahoma fan her family is and they get to come over to the SEC next year which I'm very excited about yeah. because that just means we get to play the same teams and get to play each other occasionally right mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Heupel was yeah. her favorite player growing up. She loved Josh Heupel, and Josh Heupel got fired at Oklahoma as the offensive coordinator under yep. Stoops, and Josh Heupel's now at Tennessee after being at UCLA, But he's at Tennessee, and Oklahoma is now going to be in the SEC. That is interesting because if you are a player and you have your allegiance and you played and you won at Oklahoma and you coached, but then you got fired, how does he feel this is just you – your opinion, how, how how does he feel about playing those guys? Does he want to kick the crap out of them? Or is, is it like, man, this is awesome. I get to go back into Norman, back to the people that made me.
6: I think it's both. I think you're able to kind of separate, right? Because as a coach, when you've been at so many different programs, you've played and your allegiance is initially to where you play, I believe. And it probably still is deep down for a guy like Josh Heupel. I think you end up wanting to dominate and win in those games. And, and because really... You're not coaching and playing as much for the logo and the university as you are for the guys. So, as a head coach, like you end up having so much invested in these kids, right? These 18, 19 year olds. They're like, that's really why you want to go beat your alma mater. Not because it's your alma mater and there's bad, bad blood. I think you still have like a deep allegiance to it, but you end up just doing it for the guys that you spend 99% of your day with because those coaches spend more time with those players than they do their family. Coaching's tough. Like you have zero hours. You ever want to do that? Part of me, yes, but I've also been so close to it now that i am realized that it would take the perfect scenario. Um, if I live back here in Nashville and there's an opportunity to go coach quarterbacks at Vandy, like that is something where Clark if I live there, yeah. oh, I've already told Clark, I've oh, yeah. already told Clark, because hey, in a couple okay. of years, just, you know, <laughs> I'll be here and yeah. I, I may be ready to, to step onto that side. Um, I did have an offer a couple of years ago um, as a position coach, but I just, I like what I do on TV now. And I like the the flexibility it allows me to do other things. At some point, yes, that could be something I'd like to do.
5: God, you have such a great job. Like I'm jealous of your job. Do you get paychecks every week or only five <laughs> months during football season?
6: Every week. Uh, he's got a yeah. salary too, boys. Wow. Eat it up. <laughs> well, that's kind of, I mean, when you when you play in the NFL and I was only a practice squad guy, so I wasn't making big money, but you realize like, oh, wow, these paychecks are awesome. And then they stop in December and you're like, wait, wait, I get zero until August. Wait a minute. <laughs>
5: Being on a practice squad in the NFL, are you basically learning what every team you're playing that week's yeah. quarterback is doing and you have to mimic that?
6: Yeah. So I was in Tampa in 2013. A uh, guy I work with now, Dan Orlovsky, was a, a quarterback there as well and Mike Glennon. And it was my job because Dan's a big, tall, unathletic guy. I'm a shorter athletic guy. So when we played like Russell Wilson, I was Russell Wilson. We played Cam Newton that year when he was in uh, North Carolina or sorry, uh, with the Panthers. I don't look like Cam Newton, but I could run around a little bit. So, yeah, you kind of just mimic whoever, whatever quarterback you're playing. Um, but that year we were injured at receiver, so I ended up playing receiver for our scout team, running routes against Darrell Revis. I was like, wow, yeah, I'm not as athletic as I thought I was. So Darrell Revis was locking you down in practice? Yeah, it was legit. Yeah, That's pretty awesome. I caught that's, one that's ball an awesome on him. story.
5: Didn't make it. I'll be like, Hey, take a picture of me. Yeah, Lined up. D- I mean, do you have a picture of Darrell Reeves? Unfortunately, no, man. I was like the... kind
6: of too scared of that boy. I'm just like, I'm just a scout team quarterback. <laughs> Wait, how tall yeah. are you? I'm just under 6'2. I'm like 6'1. Oh, yeah, because
7: oh, you, you said he was considered like what I don't know if you said little or small, shorter. Yeah, shorter.
6: for a quarterback, totally.
5: <laughs> that's a big D, relax.
6: Yeah, yeah hey, hey, big D. D, man.
7: I know, I just didn't know because I mean, yeah, some of these athletes you just see them on TV. Yeah, so I can't. And you hear, like, in real life, they look tall or big or huge. And, like, you seem tall, but you're saying you're small.
6: Yeah. Cat, the cat in the hat. I am, <laughs> Sam. I am. Yeah. Yes. In in that same vein, I was yeah. pleasantly surprised that uh, just Ryan Gosling is a normal-sized guy. You know, actors you never know. Hmm. And stood next to him the other day. I was like, wow. Did the people other day- say you look like him? No.
7: Just now, I just see it Does anybody else see it?
6: Not really No. Oh. Oh, we're, no. Our, our eyes are kind of close together <laughs> so that's Were you similar. at the Barbie premiere or yeah. something? Were you really? Yeah, and he's just a good looking dude Did you watch it, the movie? Yeah, Yeah, we watched it And? It was good It was fun You know what I liked about that it? it was, it was kind of self-deprecating in a way Just because it was, they, they, they acknowledge like made fun the point of that, Yeah, they could, they're, they're Barbies So yeah, it was fun
5: Alright, final, final few questions here Question number one Who wins the SEC East? And why is it going to be South
6: Carolina? Oh, it's not going to be South oh. Carolina. <laughs> it could be. I actually I think that that week 3, I think it is game against Georgia is going to be interesting. Um, do love South Carolina. It's going to be Georgia. They're just
5: too good. Even like, even Tennessee. You go Georgia, Tennessee, South Carolina?
6: Yes, just because I think I think Georgia's going to lose one. Um, I think I mean, I don't know. It could, Tennessee has every opportunity, but I'm going to go with Georgia sitting here right now.
5: And over in the West, it's probably still going to be Alabama against LSU. LSU.
6: Uh, mm. Really? Yeah. Alabama's that quick. Good. He turns a program around that quick. Alabama's good. They're deep at every position. They don't have the superstars on offense that they're used to having. And their quarterback position is going to take a step back. They're going to be fine. They're going to be good. But I think LSU is has everybody back, especially on offense. So I think they're going to get the West.
5: Has Saban lost his edge? No. Has other pe- are other people's edges just sharper then?
6: Yeah, just I, Smart, sharper edge. I mean, what well, we're mad at Saban because he's only won a, like a national championship every other year, essentially. Uh, you know, averaging over the last six or seven years. Um, no, I just think NIL is changing things. Right, it's easier to now pay kids and, and get them there as opposed to just going, "Hey, we're Alabama." Um, so that's evening things out a little bit.
5: Are there rules against you participating in? NIL. Let's say you wanted to get, uh, have a kid at Vanderbilt or any school, yeah, and you'd be like, "Hey, I want you to promote my show, The Big D. Could you pay them?" Or I rules? believe so.
6: Yeah, I think I could
5: because I do. I, I do a lot of NIL. Arkansas yeah, kids, totally. But I'm also not working in sports or ESPN. So yeah, it's
6: weird. It's probably like a gray area. Like maybe it's frowned upon. But
7: Bobby, twenty five whistles.
5: Yeah, but that's a podcast, <laughs> and it's sponsored by and it's sponsored by DraftKings, and they're just kind of like, "Do your thing." You yeah, know? yeah, it's not ESPN. Because if he's calling the game.
7: I got it, yeah.
5: And there's he's got a player on the G- Georgia defensive line. Yeah, and that's
6: true. That makes like sense. I said, I don't think it's illegal for me, but yeah. I think they'd probably say, hmm, maybe not.
5: Yeah, I stay away from stuff where I'm like, I don't think it's illegal. <laughs> 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 but if it's on that line. Okay, so the Big D airs Wednesdays. It aired last night, but you can watch it on Peacock today. Uh, Jordan Rogers, I hope, And you're here for SEC Media Days. Yeah. So what do you do? You just talk to everybody just, and get as
6: much... Yeah, a bunch of radio opportunities. Coaches and players are here, so we have a set over there. We'll interview some of them and just talk football. Like we know what's going to happen in a month or two. When we don't,
5: do you want? Here's the option. When last time we had a guest here, because um, you were kind enough to do Uber up here. Yeah. Now lunchbox can drive you back to your hotel.
8: <laughs> yeah, he, I could. He, he drove. He Richard, goes, I could. He drove Richard <laughs> Marks back
5: to his hotel. Wait, in what car? Then my. Have- but in my car. Okay. Okay. Oh. Yeah, that's right.
7: Which oh, is, he picked him up and dropped him off
5: right and <laughs> so the problem the thing is I gotta take some stuff back you ever been what's that place called where you buy like salt shakers and stuff huh? it's like way expensive William I know Sonoma I did. Salt oh yeah.
6: great love William
5: went to Sonoma. William Sonoma <laughs> yeah Oh, my God. I walked out of there. I didn't know the salt shaker cost 100 bucks. I got a salt shaker, and there's 100 bucks that I take back today. So if you do take them, you got to put that in the back seat.
8: Oh, I got to take it to William sonoma No, you I not take it back.
5: I'm oh. taking it back today. The best like, is William Williams-Sonoma
6: in the winter when they get the the peppermint bark. chocolate bark, and mm-hmm. then they have, like, the apple cider taster spots. I've never even been in there. I That's can't the believe this stuff what? was
7: that expensive. Oh, you should go in. It's nice. I it did go in. I bought a salt shaker for $100. Oh, okay. <laughs>
6: when you enjoy that, that is a definite, like, marker in your life who goes oh yeah I made it to that point where I love going in William Sonoma
5: There is no salt shaker that should cost a hundred What does it do?
6: Is Shake it, salt. Wait, does is it? it crack? Is it the automatic one when you like flip it and it's it it, like out? a motor? Yes, <laughs> love oh, it. I don't need that's that. Well, wait,
7: no, I mean it's not have... cool. I'm taking oh, it no, back. Let us, let us see it. it. Maybe we'll buy hey, it. Hey, maybe him. I'll give it
6: to him as a gift. I'll
8: no. give you sixty bucks that's his, <laughs> for it. That's yeah. his yeah. Derek yeah. Jeter goodbye. Yeah, the salt shaker.
5: Okay, Jordan Rogers. You guys follow Jordan on Instagram. J Rogers eleven. uh ESPN, SEC Network, and also the Big D. Jordan, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. There he
4: is, Jordan Rogers. Everybody. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two.
1: This one went mega viral on social media and it wouldn't go viral for the reason you think. Of course not. No, no, no. It wasn't because people were loving taking this test. It was because they couldn't believe how dumb the studio was. So Bobby brought the world's shortest IQ test to the studio and all of us took it. And we all responded with our answers and all of us did pretty dang bad, like failed it. And so we posted that on social media. It went viral. I mean, millions of views of people just totally (laughs) trashing on how dumb we are. So that's why it's coming in at this number six spot. This happened in August of this year. The show took the world's shortest IQ test.
5: Number six. So the question is, are you smarter than 80% of the population? I'm going to give you the world's shortest IQ test. If you get all three, you're smarter than 80%. If you get two, you're smarter than 60%. If you only get one, you're smarter than 40%, which is less than average. If you get none, well, you're dumb. I don't know. (laughs) So I already took the test, so I will not take it again here. Now, we'll give you 45 seconds with each question. Here is question
9: number one, but it will not start until I say time starts, okay? Thank you. Here are the three questions. Number one, a bat and a ball cost $1.10 in total. The bat costs $1 more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? Do you want to hear it again?
5: Yes, because
7: I was getting a pin.
9: Why were you already not
5: focused?
7: No, I was looking for a pin and I. I didn't know, but a the pen.
9: question was happening and you were like
5: digging. <laughs>
7: I <off>. know. <laughs> Shoot. Right, a bat and a ball.
9: Go ahead. Here okay. are the three questions. Number one A bat and a ball cost $1.10 in total. The bat costs $1 more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? You have
5: forty-five seconds, starting now. Lunchbox is already in. I was in before Amy got her pin.
7: Mm-hmm.
4: Hmm.
5: It is the world's shortest IQ test. There are three questions here. There's no mm-hmm. way I can hear it one more time,
9: right? It's part of the time, but sure.
7: I know how to answer this. Hold on.
9: Here are the three questions. Number a- one: A bat and a ball cost a dollar and ten cents in total. The bat costs one dollar more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? Why did you just get mad? We were playing the question.
5: I know, because
7: my I was it just distracts me, but it's fine. Because I and I there know this. two things. This. One, you can
5: take your headphones out.
7: Mm-hmm. Good or, point.
5: Or two. Good point. I just hear the question. Okay. I think I got it. It's yeah. a dollar. Five seconds.
7: More. God, this isn't right. But gosh,
5: dang it. Time. A
7: dollar
9: more. Okay. The question, one more time, please. Here are the three questions. Number one: A bat and a ball cost a dollar and ten cents in total. The bat costs one dollar more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? Eddie, ten cents. Amy, ten
7: cents.
5: Lunchbox, not right. Ten cents. Morgan,
7: ten cents. That's not right.
5: It's not right. Think about this. So you have a dollar ten. It's a dollar more. So it has to be at least a dollar because to be a dollar more. But if the other one's ten, that's only ninety cents more.
7: Right. right.
5: So you gotta go down on one and up on the other So it's a dollar five and five It's five cents
4: Man, I had five cents and I scratched uh, it out Because uh, if $1. it's gonna
5: be
8: a dollar more Which is the question yeah, You have ten cents written down Yeah, I scratched out five No, no,
5: there's no scratching out There's no what I would've had
8: Dang.
5: Oh, oh, oh Everybody gets Did I explain it okay? Yeah, I, I messed know. up
8: um, I went too quick, I got cocky I mean, I, I heard it and I was like Oh, that's easy Okay, here we go Question number two Number two
9: if it takes five machines, five minutes to make five widgets, how long does it take 100 machines to make 100 widgets? What? Now I'm going to play it again and then we'll start with the time.
8: It's British, it's British accents. Uh, yeah. Number yeah, two. Yeah, the accent.
9: If it takes five machines, five minutes to make five widgets, how long does it take 100 machines to make 100 widgets? Widgets.
5: The timer has started. I'm in. Nice. Amy comes up quick for air. I can give you the
9: question one more time, guys. Number two If it takes five machines five minutes to make five widgets, how long does it take 100 machines to make 100? widgets five seconds
4: mm,
5: mm. I think I'm in everybody good? yeah mm-hmm. Eddie? yeah write your answer? yeah time good let's go over to Morgan
1: one minute
4: Eddie? a minute and 40 seconds how'd you come up with that? Uh, the time it's like a hundred m- minutes or dang I didn't do that right
7: Lunchbox? a hundred minutes Amy? a hundred minutes mm.
4: it's five minutes
7: what,
5: why? If it takes five widgets, five minutes. Five
7: machines. Five
5: machines. Five machines. Five machines. Five minutes to, to make take five, five widgets. widgets. It takes a hundred machines. They're making a hundred widgets. It's gonna take five minutes as well. Because five makes five in five minutes, and a hundred makes a hundred in five minutes.
4: Oh, it's the same thing. That's
8: stupid. I'm, I'm feeling really
4: dumb right <laughs> now, Bones.
8: I mean, the rush of forty-five seconds is really killing me. Oh man. It's a rush? He means oh. that we're being rushed. Oh. Yeah, it's like,
7: oh, I see that now.
5: Yeah, it's, there's no difference. Dang. There's no difference. It, it, I'm so stupid. Five machines make five widgets. Uh, yeah. 100 machines make 100 widgets, both in five uh, minutes. Yeah. yeah. I need to get one right.
7: <laughs> okay, that's...
9: At best, you guys are going to be smarter than 40% of... We need to get
7: tricky, one right. Tricky, right. tricky.
9: Okay, last question. Go ahead. And number three, mm-hmm. in a lake, there's a patch of lily pads every day. The patch doubles in size. If it takes 48 days... For the patch to cover the entire lake how long does it take for the patch to cover half of the lake <laughs>
4: what are you oh, talking stop. about this is stupid what is he saying and now they're all angry um, at it yeah, yeah, and I mean,
9: now it's the accent this is the lilies play it again ray uh. and number three in a lake there's a patch of lily pads every day the patch doubles in size if it takes 48 days for the patch to cover the entire lake how long does it take for the patch to cover half of the like.
8: This is so hard. This is hard. Uh, I'm in. It's not that answer, Amy. You're wrong.
7: Are you sure? Yes. Dang.
8: But you didn't see what she wrote. She wrote 24. I'm not saying what she Are wrote. Are you I looking can't see at my paper? How can I see your paper? But I you know can't You can't see your paper. If you went that fast, I know you wrote 24, and well, it's wrong.
7: I'm just surrendering to the...
9: <laughs> my brain. One more shot here. And number three, in a lake, there's a patch of lily pads. Every day, the patch doubles in size. If it takes 48 days for the patch to cover the entire lake, how long does it take for the patch oh. to cover half of the lake? Mm. Yeah, five seconds, guys.
7: Every day it doubles in size. Every, every time, day. so then it would be pens
5: like- down. All right,
1: let's go over to a- Morgan. Well, if it's not 24, then maybe it's 56.
8: There was only 48 days.
1: Listen, just let just let my brain do what it was doing. Yeah, that's definitely
5: Eddie. You said a minute 40 in the last one, which I still don't quite get how you got there. But I, (laughs)
8: I respect it. it. It's an original
5: thought. Go ahead. 43.
4: Why? I don't know, man. I did. I doubled and then I subtracted.
8: (laughs) You guys, I've already I figured out this game. Now that it took me three questions, but I figured it out. Go to Amy and I'll tell you the right answer. Okay. Amy, what's your answer written down?
7: It, well, I, I wrote down 24, okay, but it's, that is it's wrong.
5: like... Lunchbox. It's 47. Correct. Because if it doubles, on the 48th day, if it fills the whole thing, one day before, it was only halfway full. stupid. It's 47 days. I still don't understand that. Oh, my God. Lunchbox, you're smarter than 40% of the population. Amy and Eddie, I don't know, man. And Morgan. Oh, yeah, Morgan. Sorry, you too.
8: <laughs> I mean, it just took me... I, I wish I would have been more awake on the first two questions. Awake?
4: Yeah, and I've already told you guys I have a numbers issue. It's a disorder. it's not a numbers issue. Yes, yes I do. Here's the
8: final. Here you go. The answers to these
9: questions are five cents, five minutes, forty-seven days. So dumb. Did you get them? No,
4: no they didn't, buddy. No, we didn't. I
9: did. He got one. We got by uh,
5: myself.
4: Three, no, three, six,
5: nine, twelve. We got one out of twelve. We got less than ten percent.
4: Man, we're not smart.
7: <laughs> did you get all three of those? I did. Yeah. Just like. <laughs> In how many seconds?
5: No, it wasn't super quick. Uh the, Bobby the widget one three The questions. widget one took me at least thirty seconds. In thirty seconds Oh, but you did it under forty five? Which is why I gave you guys forty five. But I yeah, the widget one was the the flower one I got immediately.
7: I mean the widget one I should have got. That's so And the money one I got pretty quick
5: too. But the the widget one took me a little bit. And Amy, Lily, I'm sorry
8: for calling you out like that. That was rude. I mean, but I knew right away that you had it like
7: I know. I knew. I, I just like the the ten cents. It's like I, I know this isn't right, but I don't know what else to do. But
5: it is wrong. Yes. In a minute forty seconds, Eddie, you get to win for no idea why. <laughs> Answer.
4: Let's go. It's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan number two.
1: It was the segment that kept on giving, and another segment that went mega viral on TikTok. Amy had a huge water bill mystery. She had a really high water bill. Nobody knew what was wrong. She had gotten a whole lot of people out there and she wasn't getting answers. And then she talked about how she put Kool-Aid in her toilet to see if that would give her answers or stop the high water bills. And then after that, she finally figured out the mystery. It was a segment that just kept on going, and every time we posted about this, people were loving it. Apparently, a lot of people have water drama going on in their lives. That's what I learned from this bit. So right now, what you're about to hear is Amy talking about the time she put Kool-Aid in her toilet to see if it would help. And this happened in February of this year.
4: Number five.
5: Our listeners are intrigued. Why do you put Kool-Aid in your toilet?
7: The water company told me to do it. So for months, we've had issues with our water bill. One month, I came on and told you all it was $600 and $500. I was doing everything to try to lower it. People came out, no issues, finally got it down to $90. But
4: you
5: didn't do anything different. They just said... I called and complained Yeah, a lot. yeah. And all of a sudden, your next bill is $90. <laughs> right. Like- <laughs>
7: right. Well, I guess... Uh, they couldn't keep up with that. So I, I got a new bill high again. So like 300
5: I, range or 600 again?
7: Uh, three, f- almost 400. Mm. So, I mean, that doesn't make sense, right? So I asked the water company to please send someone out. So he came, checked the meter. He said the meter numbers were basically saying, like, this is just, this is not actually what's happening, but the numbers are representing that, say I had a water faucet just on all day long water just blowing out of there. I'm like, okay, well, that's not the case. There's nothing on. So he said, okay, let's let's do a little experiment with your toilets. Go get some of that old school grape Kool-Aid powder and put it in one full pack in all of your toilets.
5: Like the tank of it?
7: The tank. Mm-hmm.
9: Oh.
7: And I don't oh, have so the, the, the actual yeah. issues, but it could be like a flapper issue. Uh-huh. And somehow if purple... From the purple Kool-Aid ends up in the bowl, the toilet bowl, then there's an issue, and so.
5: Yeah, but that that can't be accurate either, fully because why? Because it you would can't only use to, it. You can't use it. What? Yeah. No, you, no, you, I know, but I'm saying if it, follow me here. If there's purple in the tank, and that purple goes down to the bowl, but it's not leaving the bowl.
7: But if the flaps close, it yeah, you're not, get not into flushing it, so it should stay yeah, in the you, tank. You,
5: you, right, right. But I'm saying it's not a non-stop situation the water it shouldn't Uh, be that high still it's just one shift down into the bowl that's it that's not going to cost 400 bucks if it's gone out of there and then it's gone out of the bowl too that's where it's all gone who knows how often that's Circulating with I'll all that water.
7: Okay, listen. I don't so know. you
5: need to do it's, grape on top, cherry on bottom. <laughs> this is what he
7: told me to do, I don't but know. But it does make
5: sense, though, just to see if the tank, if there's a problem with the tank. If something's yeah. running, yeah. like, and
7: water's just running. And so pretty much only one of my toilets was good to go. The other's all issues.
5: And It was all drinkable? Mm,
7: and I had to have... <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> <in> the bowl? <laughs> yeah.
7: I know. My son oh, was like, yum, so this is amazing.
5: All your bowls uh, had the toilet So I had to have
7: it. Hiller the Happy Face Truck today mm. come out and fix these flappers so this is just step one in the mystery so now we gotta wait for another bill cycle to see what is I don't know, happening it seems, fishy.
5: it seems fishy still because like i said it follow me your tank's full of water it's got water that's 12 inches high yeah, yeah. it all is kool up and goes into your bowl if your bowl just got kool in it it's only 12 inches that's up there now that's going to cost a little more but it's not going to double your bill and if that's one or two toilets, it's not that much water like leaving a water faucet on the whole time.
8: Well, yes. If if the flapper is not working, it'll never get back to that 12 inches so it consistently runs because it's but running. But then the bowl would be higher. I mean, I didn't know you guys the were full. Over- yeah. I had to be. Uh, uh. Hey, real people know what it's like <laughs> to jiggle a
5: handle to right. so get the toilet yeah, I, to even I, stop running.
8: I, I do the jiggle the handle. I've
5: jiggled before. Yeah. So it's like I had to kind of become a plumber when I grew okay. up because we had broken toilets all the time.
4: But the fact that you know that if it doesn't go down the bowl, the point it's is, not really going. He's saying
5: going- it fills back up. But it would it would overflow the toilet if that were the case because it wouldn't stop ever. It doesn't naturally just go down without flushing. That's the case. If it does, then it's like that. But no, it's not. She has freaking cranberry delight in her toilet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Black cherry yes. Kool Aid. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed. I'm not buying it, Amy. I'm letting you know that's probably the case a little bit, but I'm not buying it.
7: Yeah, we'll see.
5: That's that stinks. Mm-hmm. I bet you get a cheaper bill. You get like a forty dollar bill next month. Can't wait. Mark
4: my words.
5: Okay. And you'll get some free Kool Aid in the mail. From the yeah. company for this. All
7: right.
4: Let's go. It's the best bits of the week. Go.
0: Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu
9: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky
6: just about anywhere.
1: I mean, y'all out here really want me to find love. And for that, I love you so much because that would be awesome. But coming in at this spot, you guys really loved me shooting my shot with a country artist. I put together a friendship bracelet with my phone number on it. I was inspired by Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I mean, they're basically the king and queens of all things pop culture right now. And so I did it with a country artist. And it's, it, a lot of segments happened here. The setup when it happened we have video of when it happened we had a follow up and another follow up and crazy tabloid stories that happened there was just so much with it Um, and you guys were loving the updates so I decided to throw this one in here because this also had a lot of views a lot of engagement a lot of people talking and it is me shooting my shot with Dustin Lynch
4: number four just
5: say this is employee the month style bit right here it is it's big oh yeah
7: employee of the year yeah
5: so, easy. Morgan runs our digital. She's also on the air a bunch. Uh, how, how long have you been with the show, Morgan?
1: Oh, we are six and a half years. In
5: all six and a half of these years, this certain artist has come in for all six and a half years.
7: Yes.
1: And I
5: never knew. We haven't said who it is. I never knew you had a crush. Did Had you always had a crush?
7: No, honestly, I never
1: let myself get there because I never was going to date an artist. Like, I just really had put a barrier up.
5: And why now? Have you removed that barrier?
1: Well, because I, nothing else has been working. So why am I going to keep putting, like, limitations on things when nothing has worked?
5: Okay. You want different results? You do different things. Yeah. Man, it's so awkward. And, Amy,
4: you know who it is?
1: I do. And
5: and I can say who it is now because I have the clip. Oh. A clip.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I, have, I, have I, a I don't know if you want to play the clip first and let it be what it is. Oh, and- come
5: on. Lunchbox. Uh, Eddie said he got on your computer because you were searching it yesterday and you had titled Country Artists. That have a T in their name or something. Oh, I mean,
4: there was it. a list of 300 country artists. I'm like, dude, what are you doing?
8: Yeah, that's why. I mean, <laughs> I, I left out the first word, the first, because I forgot his first name. And <laughs> I realized it later. I was like, man, that would have narrowed it down. Mm-hmm. But who, who did you think it was incorrectly? He thought it was Matt Brett, Stell.
5: Eldridge and Matt Stell. Yeah, it wasn't either one of those. Right. But, yeah. Oh. Yeah.
8: But man, let me tell
5: you, I was a witness. Oh, you saw this happen? Oh yeah. Okay.
7: Okay. Well, wait, wait. so now Let's, he
5: knows who it is. Yeah, yeah. I was a witness.
7: Before we hear the clip, can we get Lunchbox's feelings? Well, on what happened?
5: so no, no, I can't even say anything until the clip. For You're those up. that don't remember, Morgan has a friendship <laughs> bracelet. She put her phone number on it. She was going to give it to the artist if she saw him. And you guys, would you do an interview when you saw him?
1: Yeah, it was just me and him during an interview. Oh together.
5: my god, I'd have been so nervous leading up to it.
1: Oh, I was freaking out. My whole body was shaking. She well,
8: told me I needed to leave.
7: You, I, d- you, I didn't want lunchbox there.
8: I get it. Yeah, I that was going I get it. Also, how
7: was he a witness?
8: I didn't leave. Oh, <laughs> um, well, then I get that too. <laughs>
7: cool.
8: Ray,
5: how many clips do I have? Just one, one minute. Okay, so here is Morgan. Do you say who it is, or we have to hear his voice?
1: You'll hear his voice, and then I think you'll figure out who it is.
5: Then I'm gonna say who it is because I don't know that our audience will figure out who it is immediately by his voice. You're gonna tell us right now who it is? Yeah. Come on. Uh, who is it? It's Dustin Lynch.
0: Oh. oh!
4: How really old, good,
5: really good-looking guy, athletic, super nice. How old is he? How
7: old is Dustin? I think he's late 30s, like 38 or something. You think? You know?
5: 38. No, uh, he is 38. Uh, 38. I don't know. I think his birthday's like June 3rd. Born right. in Columbia. I don't know
7: any of that. Okay. Okay. Amy, we looked it up when we did a podcast together. I know, but <laughs> I just forgot the exact age. But I'm sure you've googled him. We talked about it.
5: Does he follow you on Instagram? No. Okay. Oh, that'll. And be I
1: just started following him when this has all started happening.
5: The move will be: does he start following her now? Okay, yeah. here's the clip of Morgan. I have not heard. Oh man, I felt awkward already. <laughs> all right, here yeah. we
1: go. You know Travis Kelsey. Yes.
4: Right? Yeah. Yeah. He
1: did a, a little friendship bracelet for Taylor Swift. Yes. So I'm doing one for you. Let's go. Um, it has my phone number on it. Are you oh. serious? So we can go out sometime. If I
9: love this. <laughs> Is this seriously your phone number?
1: Yeah, it really is. All right, let's is, cover it up. You can't we don't show want, anybody yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, It also has like I I here, put it tried. On. I tried. <laughs> oh, is
6: it?
2: It's got a Okay.
1: There you go. I tried to do the vibes. You got my favorite colors on there, and you have stars. For and we stars got stars, confetti. This
6: is going to be what pushes the song number one right here. And yeah,
1: that's it. It's I it's love a Good this. luck charm. Amazing. Here we are. Are you gonna
6: use <laughs> that phone number? Absolutely.
4: I, I Where's family
5: at? Kansas. Perfect. You, do it's you like Kansas? Season-y. Yes, I love it.
8: Okay, all right.
1: Well, we did own property for a long time. You did? Whoa. So yes. All
8: right. You still got some people with property? <laughs>
1: yes, we do. Here we
8: go. This is good. Time to go home and meet the family and hunt.
1: <laughs> this is moving really quickly. And go, just, so you know, just like You're know, you not ready date. for that? I'm ready for like a first date. Oh, okay. We can roll with that. That could be
8: our first date.
1: We could fly to Kansas? Yeah. Okay, I like this. See? I like this first date. I don't already. have to worry
8: about hey, driving. he's going to be your pilot and you can get up in the cockpit. <laughs>
7: That's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: there's a
8: reason why i didn't want lunchbox. lunchbox involved
7: what did, i'm picturing lunchbox just like coming around the corner with a microphone he and did. Like, that's did. exactly what I happened exactly guy. what
5: happened i like <laughs> it middle of the interview i just jumped in there's a oh. lot of things i have to say because it's awkward doesn't mean it's not awesome so i would like to say good for you
7: yes <laughs> everybody handled it really well
5: yeah well, even him yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, thoughts because I, mean, uh, I, I have a lot of them but you have anything thoughts after hearing that clip well,
7: yeah has he texted you
5: Oh, it's a follow-up question. Okay. Has he texted you?
7: No, that has not happened yet. Okay. okay.
5: I heard he said maybe this song will number one after this.
4: Yes, and what did that mean
1: And
5: to I you? went,
7: ding, ding,
1: ding.
4: Okay.
7: It meant um, th- he knows we're going to talk about this on air, and then we will probably play his song. Okay,
5: so that's one thing. Maybe a good. Th- then number two was it seemed like he really wanted to date you if your family had a hunting lease in Kansas. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like on property? Oh, I
4: noticed right. that too. Yeah.
8: Uh, can I Can I make an observation? Yeah, that go ahead, observation. It <laughs> <there. laughs> wasn't in that clip. Yeah. Uh, and we were like, oh, are you really going to do this? He goes, yeah, this will give me more airtime on the Buy a Bone Show. Oh, he said uh. that. But
5: I feel like if he really felt that way, he wouldn't have said that.
8: Ugh.
5: I was like, to be Aw, fair, yeah, I, mean, I feel like was... if he really thought that, he wouldn't have said that.
7: Yes, and he said things like "Let's go meet the family for the first date," which that's not. That's a joke. That's a joke but too. So is that? So is though. that? Right, that's my point. Right, 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 that yeah. He was being a good sport about the whole thing, and he wasn't like caught off guard, which sort of makes me think that he's he, he was into it.
5: What uh, is there an update at all since you guys met?
7: No, this is this is the update for right yeah. now, but
1: there might be another one coming. What does Why? that mean? Just, I, there's a chance you're, I see him again. You're giving so, us an update. You, there might be an update. Wait, well, you're going to give him another there's, bracelet. There's another potential run in that could happen. Give him so a necklace. I'm saying, oh, gosh. <laughs> with your social
5: on it, a ring. Yeah.
4: Man. <laughs> another
1: piece of jewelry.
5: All your social security numbers. But
8: right. I will say, the rest of the interviews he was going around, he had the bracelet on his arm.
5: Wow. He didn't take it off so like we can was, find Morgan's cell phone number on like Cat Country
8: 102. Yes, 100%. 100%. Not. Yes. <laughs> like he kept it on there. I kept going to see different interviews. I'd be like, yeah, you he followed got him it. around. Yeah. That's <laughs> funny. I wanted to find out what was going down. I mean, I'd be humiliated if it were
5: me, but you're doing that too, but That's that's funny. Um, okay, Morgan, do you feel like you guys will go on a date?
1: I I don't know because I don't know if he just thinks I was kidding and I was just doing it. Like to you be did funny. give him your
5: phone number though.
1: I know, so I'm hoping he realizes that. Like yes, while it's like a funny bit, it, I'm also serious. Like I will go out on a date. So I don't know. I like I was shaking. I literally was shaking. My whole body didn't know what to do. And
7: I felt very uncomfortable doing it. I'm proud of myself for putting myself out there, though. I am, too. Me, too. It was Bobby, awesome and awkward, yeah. Based on how you heard Morgan speaking to him, do you think he thought she was serious?
5: I think he's great at giving a positive reaction regardless. He's pretty clutch in...
7: Well, yeah, that was obvious. ...from having dealt with yeah. them.
5: He just reacts positively to everything because he's a very positive person.
7: Right, but the question is, does... Whether he thinks it's a.
5: I think his brain was turning while it was happening. He's like, oh, your real number's on this. Okay. And he goes, let's go! Like he was trying
7: to yeah, stall it's not for like a minute. Eight, like, eight, seven, eight, seven, like a Snickers.
5: He yeah. needs <laughs> so a Snickers. So he can think for a minute. I don't know. Huh. I'm rooting for you. I like both you kids.
0: I'm like, rooting for me like too. He's like three
5: years younger than I am. I like <laughs> both of you kids. Uh, let us know if there's an update. Mm. It's a very exciting time here at the Bobby Bone Show. <laughs> or he'll never come in again and it'll just be awkward <laughs> I, I got cringy vibes like I do when he, when Lunchbox goes to bathroom stalls me too man I, it hurt I was like oh that's what it felt like oh.
1: but you loved it at the same time I, that, that, right? it. I,
5: I did, love it I love it for you for you as a person because you're vulnerable to do that it's brave you're trying new things to get new results like that I love
1: you're
7: giving other single women ideas
5: but that means that doesn't mean it's not like, cringy when you have to hear your friend go, I like you. Do you like me? That's yeah. tough, but good for you. All right. Let's play a little Dustin Lynch now.
7: How about Stars no, Like No, that,
5: that'd be too easy for him. Oh. Yeah, this goes out to Morgan. I
7: feel like he deserves the spin. No.
5: No. He no, because no, he, maybe he just wants to spin. We're going to play something old that won't affect him. Oh. Let's do Small Town Boy. Okay. Because this one's already was a number one. <laughs> All right. Dustin Lynch, we see you. Your move. Ball's in your court. Oh, yeah add another cliche. Yeah. Uh,
7: Your your turn.
4: (laughs) Okay, good one. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two.
1: We love Lunchbox's antics on the show. It's what makes some of our show the way that it is. He is so obnoxious and so wild and crazy and will do just about anything. That, it's pretty awesome. And one of those things being that he really wanted to visit Todd Chrisley in jail. This has been a running bit that has continued on and on and on. And earlier this year, we're basically making like a full circle moment because this happened in January. He wrote a letter and sent it to Todd Chrisley to see if he could come and visit him. But then he never heard back. And then there was an update that somebody was stealing letters and then Lunchbox sent another letter to a... There's a lot of things that have happened with this bit since this aired in January. But this January moment when he was talking about and sharing what he wrote in the letter was all over the place. People loved it and they were engaging with it. And that's why it's coming in at this number three spot. So you're about to hear that the letter that Lunchbox wrote and sent to Todd Chrisley while he's in jail.
5: Number three. The only way Lunchbox can go visit Todd Chrisley in prison in Florida is if Todd puts him on a list. And we've told Lunchbox, if he puts you on the list... You can take off from the show and drive down and go visit him. Awesome. You ever visited anyone in prison? No, just been visited in prison. You weren't in prison, That's you were jail. in jail and oh. that was a bit we did on the show <laughs> and you were out in twenty four hours. <laughs> <laughs>
8: That, that but, ain't, but that they ain't did, the big house That's but, a small house But they did Very say different. my name Over the thing And go to You know Visitation room 2 And I walk in there And it was just like On TV Where there's the window And the, you, you pick up the phone you talk to the other Guy on the other side He's a lawyer and right? It was like Yeah And I was like when, it, when they called my name I was like Dang my dad's here to see me <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't your dad though was but It I was the lawyer I had no idea who
5: it was I was like How did my dad know How to find me Lunchbox got one call Out of prison For jail Sorry Now uh. he's convinced me He was in jail <laughs> We did a bit Whatever Lunchbox went to jail and he got one call, and he called me. And so I had to call his parents and be like, hey, Lunchbox is in jail. Oh, uh, no. It's a weird call, man. <laughs> uh. So Lunch wants to go visit Todd Crisley, and I think that's awesome. And Todd was a guest host on our show. We know Todd Crisley. We didn't know what he was up to, but we know. So to go visit, he's got to be on a list. Todd's got to put you on a list. The only way we can get a hold of him is by writing a letter. You've written it. How long is it?
8: It's not that long.
5: Okay. Here is Lunchbox's letter to Todd Crisley, with the intention of getting on a list to go visit him. Okay, here we go.
8: Todd. I hope you're doing well and settling in and getting comfortable in your new digs. It's Lunchbox. You might remember me playing with you in a charity softball game a few years ago. I was on your team then, and I'm on your team now. Oh. A lot of innocent people get wrongly convicted every oh, come day. On. And it's a shame this happened to you. The Todd I know doesn't deserve to be in prison. Women commit fraud every day with their push up bras, spanks, and all that makeup, but they're still out here walking the streets. What? But they have you locked up for the next 12 years. Seems oh crazy if you ask me. I'm heading to Florida in a few weeks, so I want to stop in and catch up on life. <laughs> if you could do me a solid, I need you to add me to your visitor list so I can get past the guards. Let me know if you need me to bring anything and keep your head up. We will get through this together. <laughs> I will always be the captain of Team Todd. TT for life. Your BFF lunchbox. I like it's
4: it. That's pretty good. That's, That's a really good letter.
5: Good. The only thing I think I would put in there is, I really want to come. I mean, you really have to. Because he could think it was a joke. <laughs> He can think you're just kidding with him, like put me on the list so I can get past the guards. I would just say, I do want to come visit you if that's cool, but I need to be on the list, like seriously, mm. like okay. seriously. So I'm I should like, put P.S. like yeah, P.S. I'm as serious. much as this seemed funny, it was. But I would love to come see you, so let me know if you can put me on the list. Okay, there just needs to be a serious line. Okay, yeah.
8: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. man, that was good, right? I hit. You know, man, I, so, so is it okay that he's like lying about the whole being on your side kind of thing? I've,
5: I, you know what, Eddie, I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> I mean, he went a little hard on he that did. one. Because okay. he's definitely not. He actually did the research that convinced us <laughs>
4: <Exactly>. <laughs> of
5: the opposite. Because I was like, I don't know. What do I know about this case? Sometimes people in Lunchbox, well, actually, he did it. And here's how why I think that. Yeah.
8: Man, so, when you read into it, it did seem like he did it. Okay, but now you just contradicted yeah, yeah, yourself. See, I know, but, but for, for TT the letter. for life. <laughs> yeah, T.T. for
5: life, man. Send it off today. Okay. And then every week or so, we'll just check in and see if you've got the oh. letter back. What if he writes back? Are there any rules? Can you send it next day air to prison? Or do you have to send it regular? Like, how, mm. is there a rule on the envelopes coming in? I, no, like I don't FedEx. know what kind of
8: packages they can get in prison. Huh. Like, can I send a care package? Like, could I send goldfish with it? Mm. No.
5: Probably not. You have to get And they're going to
8: look at every letter
5: that's sent, obviously.
8: Oh, yeah. They check it for drugs, everything. But I wonder if you could just send,
5: because we use stamps.com, can we just send it, like, UPS? Like, that's a good guy in the brown truck drives up. This is Todd Chrisley. You should call the (laughs) prison and ask him. I will. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, do that. That's cool. cool. We'll check with you in about a week or so. (laughs) We won't hear anything in a week, but we'll check with you anyway.
4: Okay. All right. Nice job. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan, number two.
0: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global.
3: I don't think there's a single person
1: on this planet that doesn't love when we interview Jelly Roll. His interviews always go crazy. And this one in particular, because Bobby asked him some uncomfortable questions from our listeners, went mega viral on Instagram and TikTok. Y'all blew it up on our website. That's why it's in this number two spot. It's Jelly Roll talking about his career, but this was before even just he had all his blow ups because this happened at the beginning of August. We've Him in since then. So we really had two Jelly Roll interviews this year, but this interview happened in August and he was answering uncomfortable questions. And there's a moment in here that happens and it will give you a really good laugh the way Jelly Roll responds to Bobby. I think that's particularly why it blew up the way that it did on social media. So what you're going to hear now is probably going to make you laugh and make you smile and then probably make you want to go jam Jelly Roll music for the rest of the day. So here it is. This is Jelly Roll answering some uncomfortable listener questions that Bobby asked him.
4: Number two, it's a Bobby Bones show interview. In case you didn't know.
5: His birth name is Jason DeFord. His performer name is Jelly Roll and he has been killing it. So, Jelly Roll, let's do this. Son of a sinner.
0: I'm just a
5: need a favor.
10: I only talk to God when I need a favor.
5: His debut country album, Wits at Chapel, is out. His documentary is Jelly Roll, Save Me. He's had both a rock and a country number one song. He was engaged and got married to his wife, Bunny, on the same night. Here he is, our friend. Go.
4: On the Bobby Bones Show now.
5: Jelly Roll. Walking into the studio right now is a guy that... I think we all like as a person. We all love as an artist. He's killing it right now. Here he is, Jelly Roll.
9: Yeah, 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 yeah,
10: Yes, baby. That's what I'm talking about. What's up, buddy? What's up,
5: Bobby? Baby? I was talking about you. Last time we saw each other a few weeks ago at the Grand Ole Opry, and I've been either performing at the Opry, and I performed before you went on, and I could feel something was just a little on, just a little on, just a little different, right? Because the crowd, they were just like, and I'm up telling jokes, and I'm like, man, this crowd is like in it. And then when you came out, and I've seen many people play the Opry, and I've seen like Garth playing it go bananas. I've never seen the reaction from the beginning of an Opry set as electric as it was when you walked in the history of me going to the Opry. It was as electric of the Grand Ole Opry as I've ever seen at the beginning of a set,
10: dude it was so special that night, Bobby. and I heard you talk about it on the podcast. Thank you for that, man. I um I didn't I didn't I thought I like, you know how in a moment you're like, this was this is crazy. And then the next day you're like, I still think it was crazy. <laughs> so I you know sometimes you wake up the next day like it was it was crazy, but it wasn't. So I went and watched it again mm. and it was, dude. it was everything me and you thought it was there was I mean, a it time was special where the crowd was going so
5: crazy and there's like a three minute commercial break and me and jelly were gonna sit and just kind of talk in between on the live stream where people are watching and they wouldn't sit down because of a standing ovation that I was like, ah, screw it. Let them cheer. they cheer for three whole minutes until we went back. (laughs) It was awesome. It was crazy. What has been the craziest part of this recent season for you? Because you've been going, you've been grinding for a while. But what's been the craziest part of this recent season where again, you have to like, Look back and go, man, that's still crazy that that happened, of all of this.
10: Oh, dude, I mean, where do you start, dude? Meeting Garth Brooks, winning three CMT awards. I mean, what about the greatest night? Dude, I didn't go to prom. You know what I mean? I didn't have a prom. I didn't graduate, and I'm sure that's what it felt like. You're both in one night in front of six million mm-hmm. people. I mean, it was the greatest night. I caught up, you know. um, Dude, I did the North Dakota State Fair, and I broke the attendance record at a fair that's been there for 50 years. Wow. Almost 19,000 people. We beat Aerosmith's record by like 27 tickets. It was insane. It's everywhere we go is like just the, my relationship with the police, that they pick me up from airports now and take me places. This is the coolest thing. Now I see police and I'm like, that's my friend. I know they're here to help. They now get you instead of apprehend you. Exactly. It's just a word <laughs> switch <laughs> there. It's yeah. a difference. That's yeah, great.
5: So the Hulu documentary. How has that impacted folks that maybe wouldn't
10: have known who you were? Because I imagine a lot of people are like, I saw that. Dude, it was, um, I get it all the time. I get people that are even like, hey, man, not a country fan, but dude, love you. Love the story. Watch the doc, you know. Um, and I think it was most important, kind of like we talked about on this show, kind of catalyst that whole thing with what we're doing for at-risk youth. And I think that it's kind of a thing, too, that I think it brought attention to a cause that people never really thought about existing. And that was one of my purposes in agreeing to do the documentary from the beginning. So when you talk about at-risk
5: youth and you've done and you're, you're, you're constantly trying to do a lot for kids that are right now serving time or young adults serving time, why? Why is it important to help the kids that are, or the young adults incarcerated right now?
10: Well, it's deeper than just helping that. I think that as an artist or as a human that progresses in life that we have an obligation to give back. I think it's just so important for us to be conscious of always what we can do. And I think things that are passionate are the most important to us, right? So for me, it, it's important because I was a juvenile. I was an at-risk kid. And I say it all the time. I support the adult jails. We go see them all the time. But, you know, by the time you go to your fourth or fifth time in jail, you're an adult. you got to figure out a way to break the cycle. When you're 16 years old, you don't understand the cycle. You're not, you, know, you don't need discipline. You need love. You need rehabilitation. There's times in life you need discipline, but not when you're a 15-year-old. And I just want to go back and give them courage, dude. It's cool. I go to that same juvenile now, and that same juvenile I was locked up in in that parking lot of that stadium, I just played CMA Fest. You know what I'm saying? I got to, like, you can do it. It's obtainable. And I think it also helps because when I was in there, Bobby, nobody ever came to talk to me that I related to. The Gideons would come and give us Bibles, and I appreciated that because I read the word of the Lord because of that, which has been a strong anchor of my faith. But I didn't understand these 75-year-old men with bow ties. You know what I mean? We're a bunch of convicts, so it's like – Hopefully, me coming in there kind of kind of spreads that love when we go in there too, and lets them know that there is hope on the other side of your summer of sixteen.
5: Jelly rolls here. We're gonna play "Need a Favor," which is man, it's just so. This song's just so good.
10: It's just so good. Like I like the other.
5: I mean, I really like the other stuff too. But this song, like the first time I heard it, it just hits different. One, the message. Obviously, I think we all feel like that too. I think we all feel like that. Like we kind of ask for help. Like we pray mostly when we need it more than we try to be better at it. We make, like, deal. But, I mean, this This was it. So tell me about this song and how it all came together, like, the creatively here.
10: Well, Austin and them had called me with the idea. And I loved everything about it. I just I felt like we needed it. it the, the production was probably going to be the most important part of this for us because I wanted it to feel like an old church anthem. Like, I grew up—I'd give you a typical Sunday in the South for me yesterday. I woke up and my brother became a deacon at a little small church in South Nashville. And my daughter's best friend got baptized, so I had two. And that's not a, a normal thing for me, you know what I mean? But also, it wouldn't surprise me if either one of them had a drink on Saturday night. And one of them's a 50-year-old deacon, the other one's a 16-year-old high schooler. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's also indicative of a Sunday in the South, right? Or a Saturday in the South, should I say. And I wanted it to feel like that. I was like, what does worship music for real sinners feel like? And that's what was important for the song. Jelly,
5: when you and your wife met... Did you get engaged and married like
10: super close to each other? Oh yeah. How quickly did you get engaged and married? The same night I guess technically. Well, so I was at the What do you mean I guess technically? (laughs) (laughs) So we got one of them old stories that we didn't we don't know our anniversary. And this is why. We I'd asked her at the tin roof here in Nashville to marry me. And one night we were in there drinking, I was like, We were just talking about it. I was like, we should just do it. She was like, I'm in. We were in Vegas out one night. Is that how uh, you propose? Literally, we should just do it. I'm
7: in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It was something
10: like, I mean, it was a little more drunkenly romantic, but we were both, <laughs> you know. But we went down to Vegas, and we were out there, and um, they had a show. Yellow Wolf had a show with the Deftones. And Yellow was like, what are you doing tonight? I was like, i we're going to go to the courthouse after this and get married. I'm just kind of, you know, kind of nudging him. He's like, you serious? I'm like, yeah. He's like, come out on stage and say it. So I brought Bunny out on stage at the joint in Las Vegas, which is now the theaters at the Virgin Hotel. And asked her would she marry me that night, and she said yeah. And we got straight off that stage, didn't even watch the rest of Yellow Wolf said or, or or the Deftones. Got straight in the car and went and found a courthouse and sat, did it right then. Went to a little chapel. We got married by a little lady that looked like a hobbit. And because we got <laughs> <laughs> and because we got married at like one o'clock in the morning, we like they let us pick our anniversary. Mm. So we. We don't really know what day we actually got married on. So this year, we play Vegas on our, our anniversary somewhere between the 30th and September 1st. August 30th, September 1st. So when I play Vegas, shameless plug, tickets are still available now at jellyroll615.com. When I play Vegas that night, we're going to leave the show, go straight back to the uh, little chapel we got married at and do it again. And this way we're going to have a real date. That's it's awesome. going to be September 1st.
5: I'm doing a show on that stage, the Virgin Theater stage, where you and your wife, got uh, shameless plug, bobbybones.com, come after that, <laughs> comedically inspirational, bobbybones.com. But I'm doing, that's what I do on my show, where you guys got engaged at that Virgin, that it theater. It is awesome. Have Hotel. you been there
10: before? Uh-uh. It's kind of like a legendary, it used to be called The Joint, because it was connected to mm-hmm. the Hard Rock Hotel. It's kind of like a legendary little rock club. It's huge, too. It's like four or 5,000 people. That's a big club, dude. How are you? How are you feeling? You like you look good. I feel you great. You look the best babe. I've ever seen I'm you look. I'm telling you, baby. Uh, like, your, like your hair looks good. I'm it's like, this is this a new hair? You yeah, ha- I cut my hair. Looks good. Like you I don't know. Why did y'all let me run out here looking homeless and unkept for so long? I know I had a song called Long Hair Son of a Sinner, but nobody loved me enough to be like, dude. My wife kept saying it. I thought she was being a hater. And, why don't? You, why would I not listen to the person I trust the most? You know? And she's like, I'm telling you, dude, you got to do something. You look really unkept. And nobody else was saying. I was like, I think I'm looking great. And finally, I was like, I look really bad, man. But you look good. I feel great. Are, what are you doing differently? I'm drinking less. I'm eating better. I'm losing weight. I'm I'm not. I'm working out a little bit, but kind of taking it slow. Are you playing golf at all? Uh, not as much, dude. I'm I'm that, swinging. Dope. That's the first place
5: I ever met. Ever met yeah. Jelly ever was on a golf course. Oh. He was up in the cart ahead of us with our friend Steve.
10: Yeah. Oh, I love you, Steve.
5: And he was like riding with Steve, and he's like, Steve's like, hey, this is Jelly Roll, and I'm like. The
10: rapper? <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, all right, all right. That's what that's the first place we ever met. Dude, I can i haven't had much time to. Dude, I've been—I've been—I've been pushing, man. I'm probably going to do 200 shows this year if I had to guess. I'm going to leave for that 44 city tour and mm-hmm. just really been cranking, man. I've been kicking. You're
5: touring like a rock star or hip hop artist because you're staying out and doing weeknights too,
10: right? Oh yeah, we're doing a lot of Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm, do, I'm my my 50-something city tour that I'm fixing to leave on will average four and a half shows a week.
5: That's a lot of shows. Do you, your voice is interesting because, again, you can do multiple things. Because, again, I knew you first as a rapper, but you're also a good singer. Like, what do you think
10: you're best at? Ooh, I think I'm, you know, I don't know enough about singing. I just, I think what I'm best at is songwriting, right? I think my real strength lies in my ability. I chose connection over entertainment, Bobby. That was probably the biggest decision I made early in my career was, did I want to be an artist that entertained people? Or did I want to be an artist that connected with people? And I think that's my biggest attribute. I think I'm actually mediocre at everything, like singing mediocre. You know, like I'm not like I'm not going. But win you're not mediocre.
5: I, you're pretty. Yeah. You are. You, you can sing. Yeah. Because I was. I honestly. I'm. To be honest with you, we can be for real with each other. The first time you were going to come and sing, or the first time I was like. Can he? Because <laughs> I'd listen to a lot of your, just a lot of your hip hop stuff. I was like, Can he sing? But yeah, you can sing. Yeah, I can sing. So better than mediocre. I, don't, I You know, I get it. I do the same thing. I'm like, oh, I'm so ugly. But yeah. you know, everybody knows I'm a model, right? Yeah, but right. see, um, but so, do you feel like you're a better rapper, or because you've done it longer?
10: Yeah. Well, I think I know more about. It's like if it was a sport, I think I know more about that sport, mm-hmm. but. I think I sing with conviction. I think you connect with yeah. country
5: music so well. I think you're connected you're right. It's about connection.
10: Yeah, I think I think I sing with conviction and, and I think that resonates with people and I'm not afraid to sing about the stuff that people are afraid to sing about.
5: What was the story at that Dallas Whataburger where you tipped employees a thousand bucks? How did that all come together?
10: (laughs) God, I hope nobody ever asked that because I don't remember it. That's funny. (laughs) That's funny. So what do you think happened there? I had to relive it when it went viral. (laughs) And I was like, that was so sweet of me. I do that all the time though, but I just don't, you know, I'm not like normally I'm not getting filmed doing it. It's like my crew knows that if we ever like, we're like, My mother was a bartender, so I'm like a super crazy tipper by Mm. just nature. Just because I think of my mom, I'm like, somebody's got a little jelly roll that needs an extra jelly roll at the house. You know what I mean? But these kids were just cool, I guess, and I was just lit, man. We were celebrating, dude. That was ACM (laughs) night. We were (laughs) partying, dude. I knew it was over when I showed up to Old Dominion's party at an Applebee's. Old Dominion had a post-ACM party, and I showed up there at like 145 in the morning. I tried to kidnap Mitchell Tenpenny. I mean, it was a wild, wild night, dude
7: kidnap him
10: yeah yeah I did I put him in I was like pushing with the car like just go with us he was like what are you doing I was like just come on man we're going to this other party and then we went to go see Dustin but I mean, it was one of the coolest nights I like you're doing an impression of you drunk
4: yeah he's <laughs> doing his own impression of himself that's drunk, exactly yes. how
10: I sounded in the thing when I was like who oh, I of mean, y'all are in there you can just hear the just blackoutness <laughs> in my voice and I was on my live that's what's even worse or was it my live that went viral or theirs because apparently think it, I was I on it, Instagram Live. Yeah, it was, it was yours. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know yeah, what was I was. Yours. I never go live and three in the morning, four in the morning, drunk Jelly after an ACM performance with Lainey Wilson. I met Garth Brooks. That's what I was really celebrating. Yeah. Uh, jelly Roll's here.
5: We're going to come back do one more segment with Jelly Roll. Uh, you guys, let me say this. The album is with the Chapel. But again, he's on the road. And the Back Row Baptist Tour is happening. And it's a lot of shows. But you're going to so many places. I mean, if wherever you are listening to our show all over the country, I looked. You're going near kind of everybody. You're all over the country.
10: Yeah. Here's my story, man. And this is my sales pitch about my tour. If I'm not coming to your town, I am coming close enough to drive. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like (laughs)
5: you're, you're near everybody that's listening right now. Yes. Yes, sir. So you guys go and uh, go to the show. Jellyroll615.com, right? Yes, sir. Jellyroll615.com. All right. You guys check out Jelly Roll on tour. Uh, jellyroll615.com or you can follow him on Instagram and Twitter at jellyroll615. Okay, I have uncomfortable questions from our listeners to you.
10: All right. It's hard to make me uncomfortable, so this will be fun.
5: Okay, cool. Let's see what happens then. You know (laughs) what I mean? Um, The easy one. Who is the most famous person in Jelly Roll's phone?
10: The Rock. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the most famous people on earth. I don't think I'll ever meet nobody more famous than DJ. That's pretty cool. And you call him DJ, so that's pretty cool too.
4: even cooler, dude. When yeah. he told
10: me to call him DJ, I was like, thank you, sir. Does <laughs> Jelly Roll drive an expensive car? No, no, I don't drive like no. I drive like like Rams and stuff. I mean, it's expensive compared to like when I was, yeah, for sure. I drive a really expensive. Car, but it's, you know, like, driving like a Bentley or anything? Or anything? Dude, fat people don't drive sports cars, man. Yeah, we're just like a bigger truck or something. I just need something with more space. You know what I mean? Could you imagine me trying to get, you'd have to you'd have to jaws a life of me out of a Ferrari out there, Bob. Y'all be out there with a saw. I'm not even laughing at this. I'm not even laughing at
0: this.
10: <laughs> Scuba Steve would be out there I'm, trying I'm a, to saw yeah, me out okay. of my
5: car to come see. I never even thought about that. Okay, okay, okay. Um, does Jelly Roll have any, sp- and don't mention them by name, but are there specific executives who told you, hey, you're not going to make any country music because you're not what country music is?
10: Oh, dude, 95% of the labels in this town. So the non-uncomfortable, then who believed in you? Jonathan Loba, Joe Jamie, and Adrian Michaels from BMG. Broken Bow Records bet everything on me. They believed I wouldn't blow their relationships, and I owe them my life. Loba, I love you, Joe Jamie. I love you. Carson, I mean, that whole staff. The radio team's the best. I love that label. Jelly Roll posted a TikTok of him getting on a private flight. Does he fly private to every show? Not every show, just the shows
5: where it. I can't make it on a bus. And finally, what's the most amount of hours Jelly Roll has stayed awake for?
10: Oh, I, I used to do cocaine. So does that keep you up? Oh, goodness, yes, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> I've never but, even seen it. No.
7: I've never seen it either.
10: What, I expected that from you. <laughs> 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 but Bobby? I've
5: never even seen <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> and
10: I just have trouble believing Bobby's that. I don't mean no disrespect, Miss Amy, but you're, as, I, as we say, as green as a pool table and twice as square. Mm-hmm. We like I that. Thought, we agree with that, right? And I thought yeah. Bobby was just green, but mm-hmm. that hurts my feelings. We should hang out sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Not to do drugs, but just to culture. like to do drugs. Just, just to culture each yeah. other. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's <laughs> it'd be, funny. It'd be really cool. There's stuff you could teach me, too. I've never seen a diploma. You know? Bobby's <laughs> you know hey, yeah. a doctorate. Yeah, yeah, right. do you ever yeah. think about Do you ever think about you know getting GD? My mom, and back got her GD. I did. I did get it. I got it in You jail, did get it? I was proud of myself. That's yeah. awesome. It was a really cool moment moment for
5: me man that is i was super proud of my mom too she got pregnant at 15 so
10: you, you know what let me spill something i've never said ever i did two years of community college when i first got out of jail my probation officer said you have a choice to do school or work and i'd never had a job i'd only done you know what a legal activity so i was like i don't even know how it work but i felt i was really proud of my ged so i went to volunteer state community college and got an associate's degree in uh, sociology dude that's awesome
5: mm-hmm. why
10: sociology never said that on interview um, I just thought that I, even then my heart was to give back. I came out of that jail so focused on changing my life that I was like, well, let me learn something about the environment and how I can help the people around me and how, you know, the idea that our social circumstances kind of mold who we are because I feel like it's kind of nurture or kind of a little bit of nature and nurture you know what i mean and i was I uh, i don't know i just i was i was drawn to that i thought i might be a social worker i still think i might be when i grow up i'm not sure and you kind of are in a different way honestly. Yeah, exactly
5: you are yeah. hey man i'm proud of you i'm proud for you thank you bro yeah i love to see it you just people love you there's a reason you're magnetic it's so it's so cool to see you come out and just just kill it and not you know live in a box
10: and teach other people they don't have to live in a box they can be themselves and i think you're the best version of that so well, thank you. Let me praise y'all too. This show has been a friend of mine from the beginning when this town was still very skeptical on me and I wasn't even in the 40s. Y'all gave me a platform. You let me come in here and tell my story. If you haven't seen that, you should go look at it. That video is, I think, close to a million views now, if I had to guess. And it was one of the great, it was a, it was definitely an undeniable, I know you hate when people praise you, but it was an undeniable catalyst for me. It was the cosign that I needed in that moment. And y'all didn't hesitate in a mental lot. And I came in here nervous, and now I found out that y'all are really cool. It's just really <laughs> tense. Uh, proud of you, Jelly. Thank you. Awesome to see. There he is. Jelly roll, everybody. Woo! Love y'all. Yeah, baby.
4: Let's go. It's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan, number two.
1: And as I've mentioned before, it's always really weird when I have to put a somber message in this number one spot for best bits. It's hard for me, it's a, a conflict because. You know, this is the best bits of the year, but best bits could mean so many things. And it just so happens that the best bit this year, the one that got so much engagement, so much response is something that isn't so great that happened in somebody's life. But we do come on the show and we talk about a lot of personal things and we share our lives with all of you. And it's something that you guys really enjoy about the show based on all the feedback that you give us. And so that is why it's always a big deal when something big happens in somebody's life. So Amy shared some really big news in March earlier this year, and that's what's coming in at this number one spot. So if you missed it, Amy and her husband, Ben, got a divorce, and she shared that news in March of this year. Now, she's talked a lot about it since... And she's in a really great place. I had her on The Best Bits a few weeks back. And if you didn't go listen to that, you totally should. We talked a lot about where she's at, how she's dealing with everything right now in this moment, especially going into the holidays without her kids. So, highly encourage you guys to go check that out to hear how she is now, especially hearing this bit right now of her making this announcement. This is coming in at the number one spot. Here's Amy sharing some very personal news about her marriage from March.
5: Number one. You know, we live a lot of our lives here on the air with you guys. Uh, sometimes alongside you. Sometimes we share stuff so, you know, you'll get to know us better. Sometimes we share stuff because it relates and we think we can help. You know, a lot of different reasons. We've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing this since, dang, 17, 18 years old. So I've been doing it for a long time. Four, how old am I? 42? Yes. Yeah. So we do. We, we, <laughs> we try to share a lot with you for different reasons. And so that's what we're going to do here. And I would just rip the Band-Aid off and just go right at it. That's what I would do.
7: Yeah, well, so we share a lot of our lives and I know uh, listeners have walked alongside so much that we've been through. Um, Both of my parents passing away, the adoption of children, you know, the first year of the show, back in 2006, my first year on the show, I I got married and, um, you know, I've been walking through something for the last couple of years that it's not a secret, but it's also something that we've kept pretty private so that we could heal as a family and and take care of of everyone involved. And so, yeah, talking about it right now isn't easy, but it feels right, like this is the right time. And um, Ben and I, that's my husband, I don't talk about him much. He's always been a very private person. In fact, when I joined the show, he was in the Air Force and we... We called him Air Force guy because he didn't want his name. We did? On the radio. Yeah, when we first Uh, started dating, you were like...
5: I should have picked a different branch, though, to not be so dialed in on that one. Yeah. Yeah, but he wasn't... Yeah, he's in Air Force. Yeah.
7: So Ben and I are getting a divorce, and this is something that was not made lightly at all whatsoever. Um, In fact, it's, like I said, it's been the last couple of years that we've spent a lot of time just working towards what is... Most loving for everybody involved, and um, really most true to the people that we've become. And I know from my childhood uh, and now as an adult how divorce is painful, stressful, it's emotional. Um, and so, really, the well being of our kids and co parenting and learning how to co parent in a way to show up as the best. Uh, parents possible for our kids has been the top priority through all of this and so I think that's what we've been working through and I'm honestly very I'm very proud of how we've as a family navigated this whole thing and I guess it's just it's hard to you know say it again it's not a secret to our people um, but just now putting it out there just so I can show up authentically is myself in this in this new chapter of my life and nobody wants something like this to happen i mean honestly i never thought it would happen and to me and my younger self would have never allowed it you what do know? you mean well thinking back to 2006 my first few years on the radio and marriage i remember so many topics would come up and i remember always saying divorce is not an option and listeners would even call in and they they had probably they would experienced more life than me and but again I came from a divorced home but I think that's why I was I I held so tightly to that and ended up in a very legalistic um, environment for a long time and I think I just that was something that was rooted in me that I I couldn't see past and I was like that I will never do it and I remember you in lunchbox throwing out different scenarios about my husband potentially being in jail or doing this or that what if I'm a like, head
5: grows out of his butt right like we were throwing all kinds of stuff at it
7: right and I would be like. Not an option. Right. We'll stand, you know, not an option. What if you killed
5: 80 people? Nope. Nope. I love them. Not an option.
7: And so I'm pretty sure it's that younger, my younger self that's been the most terrified of all of this. And so I have to, I have compassion for her and who I was then and, and who I was even six years ago. Like one of my dear friends went through a divorce and I didn't know how to support her. And that, I mean, that's what gets me. Right now, I mean, we've done the healing and in our own relationship, Ben and I both, and he's aware we're talking about this right now. And um, I think that's what I, I hurt for how I didn't know how to understand what other people might be going through. Because the reality is you don't ever really know fully what someone is going through. And I wasn't able to be there for my friend and I wasn't able to show up for her. And we recently... Uh, in the last 7 or 8 months reconnected and were able to repair our relationship and I was able to finally see because what Ben and I have been walking through what she was going through and how I just I think I, I cuz I didn't understand it I I had some like why can't you figure this out or a little bit of judgment in there that now I have fully released thank goodness and um I'm thankful now that I'll be able to show up for people in a different way. Um, And we wouldn't be where we are today at all in this process if it wasn't for the love and support from our family and friends that have walked alongside us with no judgment and just such encouragement and support and wisdom and guidance from therapists. And um, I just feel like divorce brings up a lot of complicated feelings. Shame being the number one thing. And so um, that's what we've been working on re- releasing. And I feel as though we're finally there. We've released ourselves from any stigma. And my hope in, in sharing this is really that anyone else walking through this type of loss will also be able to release any shame they feel around it because um, you're not alone in what you're going through. And so that is where we are and that everyone is doing well.
5: I was gonna ask, like, how are you?
7: It has been very, it it has been very hard, but I'm, how am I now? I feel like we're finally on the other side. Like we weathered multiple storms at the same time, not even just this. There was a lot happening at once for our family that almost didn't seem like how can this happen all at the same time but now that we're on the other side of it i see actually how divine each thing was like one of the things had to happen for the next thing to be able to happen and then for the next thing to happen like and again those are details that are close to to our family and but i say that to also you know encourage anybody else going through multiple hard things is to Sure, you have to process and deal with it, You don't, but, but just somewhere, somehow start to process, okay, what does this make possible? And don't waste it. Don't waste what you've been through and, and linger in that hurt and pain. Like if you can process and heal, then you can get to the other side and see what, what came from it. And for our family, so much has come from the last two years that actually we're now on the other side better people.
5: What do you feel like you've learned about yourself?
7: Um, that, (laughs) um, I mean, resilient is a word that comes to mind, which feels weird to say about yourself, but, um, all of us, like, that were involved, like, there was a time in probably 2021 that I didn't, I mean... I wouldn't, I, I didn't fear for, I, I didn't think I would do anything to myself, but there were times where if I, I'd be driving down the highway and I thought, okay, like if, if I were to just get in an accident, that would be okay. You know, like it was that hard. So um, resilient comes to mind because we persevered as a family. We showed up for each other. Um, we're a team. We've, Ben and I both are a team. Like we went to therapy about all of this and mostly just to a lot of co-parenting, but us trying to figure out what was happening and what where we were going to go and how, what we were going to do. And that was a year, we saw a, one couples therapist for a year every week. A lot of those were two hour sessions. Um, there was a season where, I would leave work and I had therapy for other things that were going on in our life that last one of the things was intense, like five weeks, three hours a day. And that's where I would leave here and go do that. And it was, it was heavy, but, and I know there was a time where I was absent from the show during some of that. And like you said, you know, you've said many, many times before, if you're not in a right space, like go take care of yourself. You don't have to be here. So I'm thankful for that. I mean, this workplace, this, our work environment is, is part of that, that support that I'm talking about from family and friends. And, and again, the, the, the therapists, like I say all that because it took work. You can't just come out on the other side of stuff like that without really digging deep. And it was, it was heavy and it's hard to do stuff like that, but we, we came out on the other side. And I feel as though I can see the, the rainbow now, like the storms have passed. And I know in life I'll encounter more storms for sure, but what we've walked through, I just don't think now I'll grip so tightly to the umbrella. Like I feel like I just was holding on to it and I couldn't see the the rainbow. But now, now I just have different tools and I have different life experience that is now, um, I think gonna benefit me in this new chapter. And I'm, I'm a different, I'm just a different person from it all.
5: Yeah, you've been through a lot, been a pretty heavy 18 months or so, maybe two years.
7: Yeah, I think back, I mean, it all, all of this is probably around 2020 that, and I know for a lot of people that happened to be the year that um, everybody's lives probably got a little crazy, but none of this has anything to do with COVID it, but it all started that year. So it's just a lot.
5: Well, I'm proud of you. I love you. We love you. And like you and I have talked about many times, not even on the air, a lot of people go through their version of this and you shouldn't feel alone, but I think it's something that can make you feel extremely lonely because you really don't hear a lot of people talking about it in a way like you do. We're not talking about it at all except saying this happened On to the next.
7: Right. And this isn't, again, it's not something that was decided yesterday this has been well over like at least two years well over a year in this decision um but we were we were taking care of our family first before it became a thing and I think yeah I just want to be able to show up here in segments and like not have
5: to to have to get have to dodge
7: certain topics and you know Ben and I are both again in in a good place like I when I say I'm, I'm proud of us, I, I really mean it because it, it's not easy. And I hope that that's encouragement to anybody else going through something hard like this is that hopefully, and I know not everybody's blessed with two people that are doing the work and two people that are getting the healing and two people that are wanting to continue the work to make it right. Because if you're in this and you're the only one doing the work and the other person's not, I can't even imagine. Honestly, cannot even imagine. Um, And so my heart goes out to anybody that's in that situation. But I would hope if you're listening to this and you're in that and you may realize like, oh, shoot, I'm not doing the work. I might be the person that's kind of making this super difficult. Um, My hope would be that, you know, us talking about something like this might be that nudge to, to get the therapy, get the help, dig deeper, show up as a person that, you know, you can be proud of later that handled it well and well for your kids, well for your kids, like, That's like for the last year, we have kept the kids in our house. And I know not everybody has this option and it's going to transition soon. We'll we'll start to rotate a week on, week off. We're doing 50-50 custody. Um, And, but we had an apartment close by and the kids would stay in the house and we would rotate. So every week for the last year, we've been packing bags midweek and switching. And that was important for us to do that so the kids could feel like, they were stable in their home and now they're involved in the process of their dad getting a new house and they we drive by and look at houses and they're like oh can he get one with the basement and you know so they're they're now involved and they feel like they've got a little agency over this as well
5: well they're also very lucky to have two parents that love them
7: yeah and we do very much yeah mm-hmm.
5: well I'm proud of you for talking about it it would have come up and you're right we had to dodge some stuff and you know, it's gotta be tough to come on and go young. Me was kind of uh, uneducated and this version of me is better educated and I hope to help other people too. And that's what you did and that's what you're doing. So, you know, I I say it again, we love you. I love you. Uh, You know what? Worst things have happened to weaker people, but you'll get through this, be better for it and help others and help them get through similar things as well. I have no doubt.
7: Yeah. Well, I'm able to come out and talk about it now because I feel like I am on that. Yeah. I've made it to that other side. It didn't seem right to come out any sooner than now.
5: Well, and also, there are things to our listeners. We love 95% of you. 5% of our listeners we can't stand. <laughs> but the 5% that want to get on social media and write like, Amy, we know, and like post stuff, there's a reason she can't share things that it can be legal. It can be kids. It can be... There's a reason. Literally. And you're the reason we don't like 5% of you. Because you want to get online and be like, Amy, we know. We know we never see your husband in pictures. Amy, what does that even do? There's no reason. Amy's a real-life human being.
7: Yeah, they, yeah there's just so It sucks. Of- I
5: would get so mad when I see people yeah. like, we know. Well, yeah, of course. I think people knew, but they didn't get online and be like, because their lives were so worthless, they got to get online and like put other people's crap out there. Maybe ninety-four percent of your listeners I like, six percent I don't. <laughs> and I get mad. But anyway, okay. Ray says we have to get out of this break. We're
7: speaking to Ray. I thought he had my name in that envelope. So did I. I hit Amy this morning. <laughs> I hit oh Amy this morning
5: because we've been talking about <laughs> this. We're figuring out when we could actually talk about this, mm-hmm. like legally, and and then the envelope happened to be today. And I texted Amy and said, "What if your name's in the envelope?" That's why we did the envelope first in case her name was in the envelope. It wasn't her name. But I thought it was. Ray, would you have ever done that? No, but man, I would have looked like a genius.
4: (laughs) It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two.
1: Oh, guys, that was a whole doozy. I mean, we went up, we went down, we went sideways. We went everywhere this year in 2023. It has been an insane year. And don't get me wrong. There are so many things that are not included here that were massive for the show and things that happened and things that got talked about. These are just the ones that you guys have engaged with, commented on the most. So if you don't like those, make sure next year in 2024, you're commenting on things that you love. Comments and engagement is always good for all kinds of brands, especially ones that you love. Just a pro tip from a digital director over here. But dang, this feels weird. This feels weird because I'm ending 2023 right now with y'all, essentially. Like this is the last best bits before we go into 2024. And I am just sitting here not sure what to do with myself. So thank you guys. Thank you guys for an insane, wonderful year. Thank you for being incredible listeners. Very thankful for each and every one of you that listens to this, if and when you do. And I'm thankful that you also push it on other people to listen to when you post on social media and tell your friends. So thank you. Thank you from all of us at the Bobby Bone Show. I hope you have a very safe, wonderful new year. And we will see you guys in 2024. I love y'all. Bye.
4: That's the best bits of the week with Morgan. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the other two parts this weekend. Go follow the show on all social platforms. At Bobby Bones Show. And follow at Web Girl Morgan. To submit your listener questions for next week's episode.